I'm an artist and my, my, my intention with everything I do is to explore the deeply felt but unnameable experience of being alive. Like, that's it. That's what I'm here to do. If you become the witness of your thoughts, well, then you're not your thoughts. Yeah. Because you're witnessing. You're, yeah, you know, the observer. You are the, the observer. That's all good and well, but actually the deep, deep work is then the body. Yeah. Is then, where in the body do I feel that? Oh, yes. I ask this to everybody. I was made to do typewriting classes in my lunch break, like three or four, three, two or three, two or three times a week. Okay. And I hated it. And I kind of asked why. And they said, well, because, you know, you've got a disability, Carly, you probably won't get a job. So if you can type... This is being... You've been given this This is not even, like, implicit. This is explicit communication, right? Nobody is ever really dealing with what's happening. Absolutely. They're dealing with their thoughts, and yeah. it overtakes everything. Yeah. So you doing the work that you do is really powerful. I, lo- it's really I mean, important. it's a privilege. I'm getting to live a life that makes me feel so grateful because the people that I'm sitting with give me so much... And I went to a Tracy Chapman concert. Oh my I, gosh, I love Tracy Chapman. I couldn't feel anything. <gasps> At a Tracy Chapman car. You couldn't feel anything. Couldn't feel anything. You were disconnected. I was disconnected because I'd made this mistake and I'm all about being let in and I'm already behind. Yeah. And I've taken a U-turn. Yeah. So I'm making all this meaning out of it and I'm really disconnected. And you didn't feel anything at a Tracy Chapman concert. <laughs> says it all. That says it all. That literally says it all. Hi, my name's Elma Crystal and this is The New Mind. Today's guest is a real honest privilege for me to have today. Like This is a career highlight. Um, I've already warned her that she might be cringing whilst I introduce her, but it really is. Um, I have Carly Ashdown with me today, who is um, a beautiful artist and the links to her social media will be posted alongside YouTube, Spotify, Apple. So you can check her out and you'll know what I mean as soon as you see the work. Um, But this goes a bit deeper, as I'm sure you're all expecting, than just the art. Carly's story is multi-layered, multifaceted, and um, her brain, her mind, the way she thinks is so interesting to me and I know to the rest of you. Now, she did tell me I was going to say something to introduce her, but I'm actually going to let her say it herself because I've forgotten what it was. <laughs> so welcome, Carly. Thank you so what much. What was the thing that you wanted me to say? I told you I'd forget it. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Um, that my, as an artist, my fundamental job is, or just as a human being, actually, which is expressed through art at this time, yeah. uh, is to express the deeply felt but unnameable experience of being alive. That was it. I knew I wasn't going to remember it. It's so profoundly beautiful, and yet my brain was focusing so much on it that it filtered it out. <laughs> and that is really the the thing that drew me in. Mm. Even before you said that line to me, the work that I've seen on your Instagram predominantly is, oh, I can't even put it into words, but it's that. It's, there's so much in it. Um, it and it, it is so captivating. And that's not even in real life. You know, that's mm. just through the screen of a, of a phone. Wow. So it tells you the power of the work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would like to just say before we get going, though, um, because it's wonderful to be invited on a podcast. It's great for, you know, getting yourself out there, getting yourself known. It's great for the brand. So it just that's perfect. But when you invited me to be on this podcast, it was like 
Yes. Aww. And I want to kind of briefly explain why. When you, you know, I'm in my studio painting and you're interviewing all different walks of life with all different life experiences. And as I'm listening, I'm seeing myself in their story. Mm. And that's a powerful thing because, look, we might understand that many things about life. We might understand that time isn't really what we think it is. It's based on how fast you're traveling and what you're doing. In fact, time doesn't exist at all. It's just one moment happening right now. We might know that actually as I hold this sofa, it's solid, but there's actually more space than there is matter. Yeah. Like we might know that. We, we understand that. Let's face it, we're probably all one consciousness experiencing ourselves subjectively. Yes. That's all good to know. Mm. Fantastic. But that doesn't help the person with uh, depression, anxiety, OCD, compulsive disorders, the person that just feels isolated and they don't know why or lost and they don't know why. Yeah. What's what's fundamentally important is human connection. And when you can see yourself in someone else's story, that's powerful. And then it leads to the next question is, well, if I can see myself in someone else's story, maybe there's a fundamental experience of being human that we all share. Yes, yes. And you facilitate that. Oh, thank you. You do. And so when you invited me on, I was like, yes, yeah. Well, when you said yes, I was inside doing that massive, (gasps) like, how exciting is this? Because I think everything you've just said... Mm about the podcast is how I feel about your work. I couldn't find the words, but you've just basically reflected everything that I feel about your work. But we're all part of the same system. Yes. Yes. You know, you're just it's like a a, a diamond. You're just you're you've got that angle and I've got that angle. We're all interconnected. It's like it's like having a massive candle in the middle of the room and you taking your little candle and lighting it and lighting mine. We're all coming off the same system. We just and the 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 problem is a lot of us know a lot. (laughs) We know a lot, but it doesn't help. Like I said earlier, it's the booby prize. Knowing can create more of a sense of separation Mm. and isolation. And it's just me on my own living this life. You can be surrounded by people, you can have an amazing job, you know, all of those things, but deep down something's missing. Yeah. And and it's such a core experience. Yeah, it is. That for me it's always been about getting to the bottom of that. What yeah. is that? And training myself and working with people, but also like physician heal thyself. You yes. know, is, yes. is what it's been about. And yeah. as you know, I came into the world in such a traumatic way, I was bound to take that path. So yeah. Well, I mean you have uh not only a beautiful way with paint, you have a beautiful way with words. Thank you. And your mind is just like the most you mentioned the diamond there with the many facets like already today as we've been talking I've seen so many different facets Mm. of your mind and so many different angles and I completely agree with everything you've said um there was a little story I think it's a Chinese proverb um someone told me this story and it's never left me but I am paraphrasing it because I don't remember it word for word about love Mm. and about love is like the 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 candle light we all have the candle inside our heart and we light each other's hearts Mm. up and actually that doesn't have to be just that one person that fills your heart with love and we have this journey of trying to find that one person or that one Mm. thing and yet you know you and I really barely know each other but the love that I feel for you already yeah. yeah and it's that 
exactly what you were saying. We're lighting each other's candles. It's the same source. It is. And we're all connected. And that's what this podcast was always supposed to be about. Ramdas. Ramdas said. Oh, oh Ramdas. Ram, well. I love him. He said we're all walking each other home. Yes, I love that. I mean, for those yeah. that don't, I think I've referenced Ramdas previously in a couple of the podcasts, but um, he did a, it's on Audible, a collection of talks that he's done. Mm. You probably heard it. Be, I think it's called Becoming Nobody. I think, yeah. yeah. Or something like that. Mm. I, I might be Look. getting that wrong. So some of it is a bit much for some people, actually, yes, the way he thinks. Quite, yeah. He goes into quite a lot of interesting areas of, of thinking. He's done a lot of stuff. He, he yeah. did. Oh, he had a massive life. And he, it, one of the things that you're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about today is the, the, the whole death theory. He embraced death. Got to. And it's to from really him live. that I did actually, mm. listening to some of what he was saying. I was like, yeah, because I already wasn't afraid of death, but he enabled me to understand why. Yes. And yeah. and that's what we will, that, you can see already <laughs> from the brief introduction <laughs> that we've just gone around the houses and into the, the, the hard stuff. I like to get in there. Yeah, There's why no not? That's the weather. Yeah. Yeah. No one else is really interested in that conversation either, just the way. No, you're absolutely right, actually. We spend a lot of time doing the small stuff when we Mm. could just get to the interesting stuff, which is exactly what we just did. The amount of friends I've made in the lift going up to my studio. Wow. Yeah. Because I'll just state the obvious of what's going on. Yeah. And you do. What you see is what you get with Carly. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, which I like. I like our respect as well. And immediately when I saw you at the door today, I was just like, oh, there she is. I have been accused of being as subtle as a brick to the face. (laughs) (laughs) Which is good in my book. And my friend, oh my goodness, she calls me, um, you'll have to YouTube it. She calls me a honey badger because honey honey badger don't give a, like, (laughs) just in there, all over it. And the honey badgers, they'll take like these venomous snakes and they'll just eat them. Like it's they they then like they just don't. I mean, we'll talk further, but yeah. Wow. I, I'm just like you live once, just 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 eat the snake. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, I mean that's, take that how you will. <laughs> <laughs> that was not meant the way it sounded. <laughs> but let's we let's talk about anything. anything anything that happens to come up. <laughs> We've covered many stuff already, but you know, I think what what you said there about the way you entered this mm. planet is probably where we should start at okay. the very beginning so for those that don't know anything about you tell us how you got here the journey how of I birth arrived on yes planet earth. um so my understanding speaking to my my parents primarily my mother is that I was overdue and she I stopped kicking um and they went to the hospital and they had no senior staff available. It was a complete muck up, basically. Mm. And I was in that time dying inside, just dying. And then my mum arrived at six in the evening and it took them till midnight to do the tests. They put the thing on the brain of the baby and they were like, oh my God, we've got to get her out. She's going to die. Oh my gosh. So they they just didn't have enough staff on. So they left me. And my mum was like, you've got to do something. So, she, you know, she fulfilled it most when she stepped in and that's how we... Aww. yeah so I was born I had to have loads of blood transfusions but it left me with cerebral palsy yes. because I had a stroke in the womb yeah apparently the um placenta had been rotting or something from wow. like three months wow and they just didn't catch it oh, so gosh 
um yeah i was born with cerebral palsy and I, I do think we know so much more and i know you've had guests on here that have talked about this much more deeply yeah that the the birthing process you know is tra- a trauma yes um just normal birth yeah you know i've got my own son it's, yeah it's you know even if it goes smoothly like it did with him yeah it's a trauma it is a trauma uh, but especially when you do genuinely meet with death yeah oh my gosh so i um you know i was a very anxious person um had lots of anxiety um went to a special needs school i mean my parents i think they spent a few years trying to prove there was a disability which is a horrible position Gosh. for them yeah and i mean you're you're if you don't mind me saying you're 44 yeah. So we're going back thirty I years. Think I am, yeah. Yeah, I think I am. <laughs> I think I'm forty. I remember asking you, and yeah. you were like, I really had to think about yeah, that. Think yeah, yeah. <laughs> Around that ballpark figure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just let it go. <laughs> it doesn't actually matter. You're right. You get to a certain age, and who cares? But it, it's it just shows that it wasn't that long ago that they were having to prove that you were disabled no. enough. Yeah, or at all. They just weren't sure, and I think. I mean, I was, if you look at attachment theory and you've got the different attachment styles, I mean, I think my attachment style is ambivalent attachment yeah, style. Yeah. Uh, but even then, uh, if you look at strange situation test, you know, you've got mother that leaves the room, comes back in, and the child is unconsolable. Yes. That's ambivalent. I, I would still be crying with my mum there. There would be cry. I mean, as a baby, I cried nonstop. Wow. And I can remember being in the cot a few like three or four months old wow. I can remember that far back and the reason why I th- I can remember that far back is because I got woken up early when you are that close to death you 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 know you don't slowly make your way into the world wow yeah of course yeah you know you were like bang, bang. you're here I'm here it's almost like it's almost like there's like a uh, some wiser, older energy just goes right. We're needed here. Zoom. In. That's yeah. exactly what it was like, and it was really hard for my mum because she had no mother and no father. Oh. Her father had died when she was seven, and they were very close. Oh wow! And and back then, for her, when she walked into the room, whoever was still alive was meant the other one was dead. And she never got any support, anything. Do you know, such a fundamental age, you will have heard me reference that prefrontal cortex, seven. Yeah. That's such that an important trauma, age. I can feel it in me. because You will do. You will do, that, yeah. The, the loss. And, and, yeah. Then, and then that can, can potentially close someone down if you don't deal with it. So, it of course it does. Know, exactly. So for her, she had this, this, you know, she had this, her own trauma. You know, you're dealing with the 80s, so father is at work he is the breadwinner he's not there and he's a traditional father I don't know if he changed nappies once possibly <laughs> um you know and then she's got me and I'm crying non-stop yeah you know and so that did you watch time which was the Jimmy McGovern no you must watch time you must watch time it's about that last year they did a it was Sean Bean and oh, um Stephen like Graham she... for not oh my god it the, the original one I would watch again. It's phenomenal. They did the female prison version. Okay. And okay. without going into it, because some people may not have watched it, there is a storyline of a woman with a baby that never stops crying. So it's oh, worth... Oh, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that's that's an indicator. Like nowadays, like we did with Rivers, 
even though he had a perfectly fine birth, we, we took him to a cranial circle. Yes. You yeah. know, it's like just the mere arriving here. No one, you don't arrive here and get a welcome card. No. You just, you arrive and you fit into whatever dynamic you find yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. In. And that in itself, like for you, was a massive trauma. Massive trauma coming into the world. And then I went to um, a special needs school eventually, which was just very institutionalized. Yes, I know they were then. So, yeah. Very institutionalized. And um, was there abuse? Um, I think not really physical, but more. See, children don't pick up on the explicit communication. They no. pick up on the implicit. Yes, they do. You can tell your child that you love them, but if you aren't being like being with them, and <sighs> you know, that's that's where they pick up the love. Is, You're right. Is that so? Yeah, there was an obvious. I mean, I got locked in the toilet a few times um and things like that and on they, purpose yeah they didn't I think I think I'd had like um some medicine I was bringing in and the bottle kept leaking so my mum said just tell them they're not tightening the bottle enough so I mentioned it and they just threw me in the toilet they were like you're so rude they just <gasps> threw me in the toilet so there was lots of stuff like that that went on that's definitely abuse by the way yeah yeah I just guess yeah it is when I look at it if you think of someone doing that to your child oh I'd go nuts correct yeah it's definitely abuse yeah it is isn't it mm. but but there was so much in the the reason why I didn't notice it is because there was so much in the implicit yes we were doing you a favor looking after you oh my you're, gosh. you're not going to be or do anything there were, within that there was one or two good teachers don't get me wrong of course um the, the thing they did very well was they did physio so you were constantly having physio yeah but it meant your education fell behind because that's what they heavily focused on then wasn't then, it because yeah. you weren't going to do anything so yeah what's the point what's the point right anyway eventually my parents who were really easy going about my education they said uh they came in they had a meeting with the headmistress and they said look you know she's falling really behind and I think I was about nine years old and you know I, I I'd been in this school since three and they said could we get her into the local state school just one day a week and uh which did happen um but they said to my uh my mum and dad the headmistress is I don't know why you're so concerned about your daughter's education. Lots of normal children don't get an education. Oh, my goodness. So what? how did that affect your mum? Like, basically, because she wants the best for her child like all mm. parents do, but she's been told, I wouldn't bother worrying about it. My parents were phenomenal. Yeah. So, and specifically in fairness, my dad, he just absolutely, my mum would just, she's just there. She's a kind of more of a spiritual person and she's, but she's not, um, she's there at the right moment, but she's not directive in that way. Yes. Whereas my dad is more so. Yes. You know, and he's just been in a, whereas my mum, if I was trying to get down some steps as a child, she would deliberately walk ahead of me to make me do it myself. My dad, he'd be holding my hand. And if he felt the slightest sense of me falling, I'd be dangling in the air before I'd had a chance to fall because he quit. <laughs> yeah. Do you know? So it it was like like that. Yeah. Then. So in a way, I don't quite know how my mum took it. Yes. I just know what they did next was, which was to get me into that state school. Yes. So, so the actions were. So she she was very much about that swift choices. Yeah. This is what we've got to do. Yeah. Quite quite logical in her thinking in yeah. that sense. And it was more led by my father, I'd say. Right. Really. Right. He, he was committed to 
understanding, I think, unconsciously at least, that there was more to me than what they were suggesting. Which, which, thank goodness. Oh, there's more. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. And you know, this is this is when one starts to develop the story. So I think for me, I went into a space of, and it would have happened slowly over years. This realization of not being let in that I was different, but actually, what what I realized in later life wasn't just that I wasn't that I was trying to get in of something I'd not is is that I was never part of in the first place. Yeah. That I was different. Because yeah. this is 80s with the disability. Yes. You're, you're going to get stared at in the street. Like, yeah. It's a different world. We're isolated off. You don't go to local states. They're not, you're not into, it's, there is so much work to do now, but compared to then. Yeah. So it wasn't just school. It was everywhere. You're, you're right. And actually there was a period of time, I think it was, early 2000s maybe late 90s where there was a lot of disability rights marches Mm. and I remember seeing images of people that were double amputees being dragged along the street you know their their stumps being dragged along the street and the police officers just not caring they don't that was the beginning of a movement yeah it was yeah and I remember seeing those images and being so yeah like my heart was just aching for these people that were fighting to be treated just a bit of fairly some yeah it's not much to ask for it's not a lot and I remember when I went to the junior school I really struggled because I just had no a lot of the children at the school I went to were severely disabled yeah um I I actually went back in my teens late teens and I looked around and they apologized the minute they heard the era that I'd been there yeah it's a whole different setup there now oh I'm sure and they apologized they didn't even need to know anything they just apologized profusely and it was a nicer environment yeah and, and all of that but when I went to the junior school so we develop stories of, about ourselves based on our experiences. So yeah. I've already got the fight to be let in. That's now become part of my lens through which I'm viewing the world. Absolutely. It's, it's this fight to be let in. And then I remember standing in the meeting with the head teacher, with with the teacher from the school that had brought me across, because there was like the special needs school and the state school, and there was like a massive park area between, and she just took me across. And I was meant to go into what would have been called the fourth year then. Yeah. So you would have been nine, like 10, like yes. 10, 11. Yeah. And he said, I'm going to put you in the first year because you're so behind. He, you know, he's doing me a favor, really. I was in that moment. It became The realization. About, but it became about needing to catch up. Yeah. And, and oh, I'm going to be behind. Wow. I spent yes. my whole life behind. Yes. And that's the other thought system that kicked off. That that's so profound. So one, I've got a fight to get in yeah. in the first place. In the first place. And two, when I do get in, I'm always going to be behind. Always going to be behind. Yeah. And that primarily because of the system at the time, really only focused on well, we need the physio, not you know the, yeah. these people that have. You're got... not going to achieve anything. You're not going to do anything. Um, I think one of my teachers, actually, in fairness, at that school said, "I reckon I'll see your name in lights one day." one teacher you know and that sometimes that that really that well you've just mentioned it now Mm -hmm. it really is a a a fuel source yeah just that one person saying something like that can be life-changing it changes the course it changes everything but the the thing is is I spent you know I'm growing up feeling separate and I'm also having lots of operations you know I've been Mm. in hit spikers where it's like plasters from here right down to the floor um you know and your legs are like that with you know and and you're in them for six weeks and I've been in them since I was a baby and they kept the thing is you you go to the the doctors 
and um all these decisions are being made about you yes and suddenly you find yourself in a hip spiker and you're in hospital and it's like because your parents are just trying to do their best really you're so it out of nothing. control it didn't so out of control and actually, did you ever have to have bones broken that weren't necessary? I had bones taken, bits of bones taken out to be put in the other hip, and it actually made that hip worse. Worse. Did nothing for the hip that was... I've heard these stories yeah. from, from quite a few people with CP. Yeah, yeah, they were experimenting, you're right. Um, and I've heard about the doctors that were making decisions mm. with really very little parental involvement. This is what we're going to do. That's how it was. This is what we're going to do. Yeah. I remember the conversation. So now the other lens is... Are you in control of your own life? No. I've got to fight to get in. I've Mind got to catch bearing up. Bearing in mind, control is an illusion anyway. Of but, course it is. But within that, if you the, feel like you've got no control, yeah, there's there's levels of that. There's a acceptance of the joy of having no control, and then yeah. there's a oh my god, I've really got no control. Yes, anymore. there's levels. Like people are taking choices out of my hand. Yeah, and you don't really realize it's happening as a child. You don't really have a voice. No, you're still developing so you yeah. look back and you see these things but I don't blame my parents they were doing the best of that course they could of course at the, at the time but so many operations um in a time out of school I really struggled in secondary school everyone was always falling out with each other I know it's so toxic in secondary school isn't it it's so hard it's so hard and and I was dealing with this sense I think that's when it started to dawn on me that I'd that I'd been through some stuff that was I needed to look at. Even as a teenager, I was realising, okay, there's been an impact mm. of my experience so far that's a bit different. Yes. Yeah. Well, I suppose at the age of maybe 14, we start to be able to... We haven't got the benefit of hindsight yet, no. but we can start to do more complex thinking. Right. And actually, because we're still not fully developed, it takes really anywhere 21, 25, even 30. It does. Yeah. So actually, when we're using that complex thinking, we're using it on the foundation of some of those very difficult we experiences. Are. So it's a really challenging time to be able to do complex thinking. It is. When you've got so much going on around you and you've yeah. also got children with their own complex issues. Yeah. You know, the, the thing is with my story is, like, I want to be super clear. It's not about disability. No. It's really not. What what's really helpful with my example is that it's tangible. Yes. But we've all got a story. Yes. We've all got a life history that that impacts how we experience the present moment. Yes. And it takes what's possible for us. And so I kind of look to share my story, not from a place of disability, but whilst including that and doing work around supporting inclusion around that more. It's it's really more to say, look take my story and reflect reflect upon your own story. yes absolutely that's what's so beautiful about you it's not just the words that you say today but I think it's in every step that you take be it through your painting be it through the work that mm. you do with inclusivity be it through you know the, the words that you use everything is reflective of connection to each other yeah. but connection to living to living to really living because we we're going to die, like, yeah. straight up. We are not here for that long. Yeah. You know, what? who was it? Um, Mary Oliver, and I'm going to quote her wrong, but at the end of one of her poems, she said, what is it, something like, what is it you plan to do with this precious wild life? Yeah. Sorry, you know, but, like, you've that got one shot you. Yeah. at this. And it's <laughs> scary, but also important to embrace, like, the small moments exactly and we and we were so busy I think 
when I talk about a fundamental experience of being human that we all share, well, like, what is that? So we've all got this kind of sense of a person in our head talking to us. Yes. You know, yeah. And usually, look, put it this way nobody's rushing to the mirror in the morning to discover who's waiting for them. <laughs> you know? <laughs> true story right because we've got so we've got this experience of our past which is based on the kind of parents or caregivers we had yeah siblings um you know friends social economic yeah and then the events of our life that creates the filter as you know through which you view the world yeah right and so it creates a character and i mean what's the story you have to have a central character. Yeah. So we're this central character in a story. Yeah. And it's based on the past, trying to resolve something from the past and then trying to get to a future that you never, even if you got to it, you're looking in the wrong place. Yeah, you're, you're right. You're really looking in the wrong place. My coach shared this story with me. He said, um, there was a guy and he's, he's, it's late at night and he's lost his keys and he's got the, the lamp uh, you know, the street lamp, and he's he's looking for his keys. He can't find his keys. So this guy comes over, and he's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm looking for my keys. So he's there, and he's looking around on the floor with him. He gets down, he helps, and 20 minutes in, and he said, I just, I don't think your keys are here. Where around here did you drop them? Oh, I, di I didn't drop them around here. I dropped them over there, but there's more light over here. Wow. We are often looking in the, the wrong, wrong place, place for our wholeness. Yeah. And it is the simple things. Yeah. It is those precious moments. It really is. It really is. And I think a couple of the practices that I use in my work is breath work. So good to do that. So good. And the reason for that, and I always say this is, if you think about your brain and your body as like the M1, the M25, the mm. M6 and all the sort of little roads in between, they get blocked. Yeah. They get blocked because the way that we produce neurotransmitters and mm. hormones and the way they all interact with each other and get blocked and get stuck. If you think of the Eastern ideas of the, the chakras and you think of the medical idea of the sort of limbic system and the hormones, those two worlds, if you try and combine them and then say, breath is life force it is. it's and it keeps you so centered in the moment and whenever anything's scary there's two things I do one is breathe and you, you can learn to breathe in particular ways that, that really sometimes you don't need food if you're breathing the right yeah. way um, and we all know because of podcasts and, and recent movements in neuroscience and so on how important it is to breathe properly but if you breathe in a particular way which I always teach my clients and combine the work of being present be it with hypnotherapy be it with EMG or all of these different wonderful things but also think of something that grounds you and for me it's always water mm. it's always water and it's always breath and if I can imagine the sound of water or even just watching you know the movement of water as well as breathe I can tell you now there's nothing that brings me more peace and grounding than those two things. And it comes from a thought. Mm. It comes from a thought. You literally can use your mind to you ground you. you. The thing is, though, there'll be people listening to this and their internal dialogue is just not. It's too loud. It will interfere. It's too much. And I, I think for me, the job has been. And breathing really helps with it. I mean, I love box breathing, for example. That of was, course, yeah. That sends you to sleep. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah. And you tell people, and even I sometimes, I'm like, I've got so many thoughts going on, I just can't make myself do it. Yeah. But actually, it's so... So simple. So simple and so, so powerful. powerful. And the thing is with the mind is that, first of all, most of your thoughts aren't even yours. Yes. They're given to you by the people you grew up with. You know, literally, the way your child thinks is is based on how you spoke. It is. They're spoken it is. to. Yeah. It's it, 
the way you speak to your child will become their internal dialogue. Yeah. But on the one hand, yes, let's give our children good internal dialogue, but also they are not their thoughts. I'm I'm not my thoughts. But again, it's all right knowing that, but it's doing the work and the breathing, the yeah. other and, and going inwards and really exploring what's going on for you and whatever and also do it at your pace. Correct, because it's like any journey, isn't it? Start at the beginning and 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 know when you're actually resisting and you should be being brave and stepping forward. There's you you'll you'll get astute and you'll know. You will because you, know. you can feel it. Your body keeps the score. There's a whole book on that. Yes. The body keeps the score. A couple of things that you know, with the breath work and I also use sound bowls. Mm, oh, I love a good sound bowl. Me too. Uh, you've got to Say what you're going to yeah. say. I don't want to stop I know, you. But it's just if you really stop and be with a sound ball, yeah. suddenly just everything drops. It does. And we know, like, if you put probes on someone's head when they're listening to music or sound bowls or anything like that, the brainwave activity literally changes with sound bowls because of the natural crystal quartz. Mm. It resonates so beautifully with our brainwaves. With that and the integration of breath, the integration of someone's voice who you trust maybe guiding you through, mm. through meditation, hypnotherapy, EMDR or whatever else, the combination of all of that, you will feel an energetic shift in your body. Mm. And I always say about the energetic shift because it's there's two things. Your body will tell you before, uh, we're going on to sex here for a minute because there's a reason. Your body will tell you before you have sex with someone whether you want to have sex with them oh, or not. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And how many times do people ignore those, oh, I don't want to have sex with you and they and have yet, sex anyway. anyway. For whatever but psychological reason. The body yeah. is telling you. It's the same yeah. with the journey. It's the same with therapy. It's the same with anything. Your body will show you will. signs. I use you know. the example of sex there because most people have had that experience. experience. Of course, yeah. So if you can transfer that sexual experience into it's a really good it is, yeah. yeah. It's the same with anything. Your body will tell you. And and if you're going too fast, listen to your body. It's it's hard unless you do the work. You've done the work, and I've obviously done the work, and I do the work with other people. That's why therapy isn't just about talking. No, it's teaching you. And I said this on another podcast, you already have all the answers, by the way. They're already in you. They're already in you. You've just got to clear away all the sound, all the it's, clutter. It's, it's clearing away what you aren't really. Yeah, it's the conditioning, which yeah, is what you were saying. What what you're clearing up is is what you already aren't. Yeah, you're right. What you're presenting as. Yeah. Really, is, yeah. Uh, is, the, is the job at hand. Yeah, and... You said something about the death thing, and, and, and I always say, you mentioned the journey, and I always say this, and I think this is really important, the journey is to death. It is. It is I to mean, death. I mean, that is the one thing that we're all guaranteed, yeah. and, you know, this is what we signed up for. Yeah, it is. You, know. you, you, you have to work out what journey you want to have because it ends in death, and if you think of it as a really long road trip, Mm. where you know at the end you're going to fall asleep and never wake up yeah what do you want to experience along the way and do you want it to be true yes yes do you want it to be true do yeah you, or do you want it to be through some concept of yourself like your concept of yourself creates your reality it There's does no two ways about it and we said it before about this that you know there is no when you wake up in the morning and I remember leaving that voice note and we talked yeah there is no world that is a particular way. Yes. There is a way you wake up into a way of being in the world. Yes. And this is what I like to question. Yeah. What is that way of being fundamentally really who you are? Yeah. Or is there a different space to come from? Look, whilst we're alive, we can't not have a story. Yes. It's the very infrastructure of being alive. But do you want to come from the story into the story? Yeah. Or do you want to come from somewhere else? Yeah. 
do you want to take your in- and it starts with the internal dialogue because that's what we're most used to yes it's the linguistic side of things yes it's the thoughts ideas and concepts and how we perceive the world around us and our place in the world yes but then there's the emotional level which is the body yeah you talked about yes they are two separate things they are and they're interconnected but there's like a rainbow you've got like the orange but you've also got the blue they're inter- but they're yeah. separate yeah they are and the job at hand i think in the end for me and this has been my process is to first deal with the mind so you take the mind and and you fall in and out of it but you want to take that mind and you want to put it in the passenger seat of the car you don't want it at the driving wheel yeah so it's a bit like if you're listening to the radio you don't identify as the person on the radio you might not like what they're saying you might like what they're saying you don't identify as it you're not your thoughts so if you can get that you're not your thoughts yeah then you can have deliberate thoughts and also if you become the witness of your thoughts well then you're not your thoughts yeah because you're witnessing you're, yeah you know the observer you are the, the observer that's all good and well but actually the deep deep work is then the body yeah is then where in the body do i feel that oh yes i ask this to everybody where do you feel and do you know the funny thing is i'm so glad you brought that the funny thing is i ask people that question they say the tummy and i say you're wrong. It's yeah. not the tummy. They go, what do you mean? They say, I, I, I definitely feel it there. And I look at them and I say, and I can tell by looking at people now, and I say to them, it's not the body. And they say, how do you know it's not the body? And I say, because the way you're holding is that, because see, it's, uh, sorry, it's not so, the tummy. Yeah. I say, I can see it's the solar plexus. You can just see. You can the see, because yeah. you can see the tension as they're beginning to ask. Mm-hmm. Where is, when is the stomach, they tend to drop a bit. Yeah. Where is the solar plexus, they tend to do that. It's like they're, it pulls <sighs> up. Yeah. yeah. So you can, even those tiny nuances, mm. you can see that someone doesn't know where they're holding it in their body. Yeah. It's because they think it, I should about say, yeah, the me. They don't know, they've not paid attention. No, exactly. And, and that takes work. And also when we talk about really being with an experience, I don't mean tolerating it. Yeah. Uh, you know, most of what we do, we what we resist, and I know it's a cliche. It's what we resist persists, and what yes. we let be, what we let be, will let us be. Yes. And so, actually, allowing yourself to feel, and often it's the dreaded thought of rejection or the dreaded thought of no. You know, also, the mind will just take over from the body. We are meaning-making machines. Yeah, we are. We are. You know, you go for a job interview and you don't get the job. The meanings you're going to make out of that. I'm not enough. And not enough. I don't matter. But, but but it's not about that. It's about something that happened when you were six. Yes. You know, it's... or four or seven or 12. Interesting. That's a, that's a good thing to, to speak about because when I started to use EMDR, I'd, all, I'd all, always used hypnotherapy because I love the creative process. I love the connection with the person mm. and the relationship and the hypnotic element of conversation and all of those things. And of course, I'd done the the integrated psychotherapy, but then I went on and, and did EMDR. And one of the things that's fascinating about, fascinating about EMDR is it obviously it's brain based, and it, it, the bilateral stimulation is where you start to process mm. emotions yeah. and information. And what happens with your memory is you apply an emotional tag to the memory, and it gets stuck with that emotional tag. It doesn't come through you. It doesn't come stuck through there. you. It's stuck there, and it affects the body. And when I use EMDR, I explain we're going to take that tag off and we're going to put a different tag on. And within one session, although on paper it says you should have 12 sessions of EMDR, um, but because I use hybrid methods, it's not always... You're multi-skilled. Multi-skilled. 
But within one session, people's perception, not every time, but in a lot of cases, people's perceptions of themselves, that paradigm shift happens because you've removed the label from the memory. It's the, yes, and I'm so glad you said that because it is the linking up with the thoughts. Yeah. You know, if I've got a if I've got a huge bill that's coming in in, in three months, so yes. I might be worrying about that, yes. that bill. But actually I'm not worrying about the bill. I'm having thoughts. Yes. It's the thoughts I'm dealing with. Yeah. Not the actual bill and that's the coming in. And the meaning. And the label. And the label. When the bill comes, I'll deal with the bill. Yeah. Yes. You know? You're absolutely but you're right. never really just to be clear, nobody is ever really dealing with what's happening. Absolutely. They're dealing with their thoughts and yeah. it overtakes everything. Yeah. So you doing the work that you do is really powerful. I, lo- really I mean, important. it's a privilege. It, it, I cannot, as much as people say lovely things about the work we do together, as I'm sure when you hear lovely things about you, in my mind, I'm just like, you don't understand. I'm getting to live a life that makes me feel so grateful mm-hmm. every day because the people that I'm sitting with give me so much I can't explain it. I, I I can't explain how powerful it is to do the work I do. I love it so much. Yeah. And and it comes across. Thank you. It really comes across. And that's what, going back to what I said at the beginning. That's why I was like, when you invited me, yes. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't just about the obvious reasons why somebody would want to do a podcast. Yeah. Because because fundamentally everything you do has a way of connecting people and reminding them of kind of whatever it is, we can't quite find the word. We're more of a true, full experience of being yes. human, but yes. we can realise we aren't these step. Whilst we might feel separate, we aren't separate. We aren't. But and knowing that is not enough, and you've helped create the experience for people, and that's really special. Thank you. And likewise, again, I said this at the. It's just mirrors right now because yeah. everything that you've said today, it just. You know, when you can feel, it's like we talk about energy, but you can feel the fuzzy, warm mm. energy as someone talks. And I get that with you. Even on the voice notes on Instagram when yeah. we first started chatting, there's a there's an immediate fuzzy warmth with yeah. you. You resonate so highly. The, th- the thing is, is that I really do believe that we are all one consciousness experiencing ourselves. I, just, I so agree with yeah. that. And I've had moments of having that as an experience. Yeah. Where I've, 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 you know, because I've done lots of different bodies of work. And I've gone into altered states without having to take any drugs or anything. Yeah. It's just the work that me I Me too, yeah. me too, yeah. And I and I'm I get that I'm that person over there. We are all one. Yeah. We just forgot. Yeah. We just forgot. And as wonderful as that is, there is we, we get trapped in the hypnotic nature of we just forget. We yeah. just we get caught in this pattern of trying to get to a future that is going to make everything okay. It's overstimulation though, isn't it? It's, it's overstimulation. Especially with social media, as powerful as it is, everything's perfect yes. in everyone else's world. Of course, we know logically that's not true and it can't, but, but that also creates another layer now, another layer of problem that well, I didn't have growing up, thankfully, but you know. But I think you said something to me earlier, and I can't remember if it was before we were recording. We had a good old chat earlier. Yeah, we had a good old chat. Um, and, and you said something which I always say as well, which is the survival mechanism yeah. in the brain. And I think one of the reasons that we struggle with being here now is that the brain is primarily programmed to keep you alive. That's so its, it's job. It's Back its job. in the day, it was saving us from lions. So, exactly. You know. And it still thinks it is. It's like, oh, what's that loud bang? I'll keep moving. Yeah. What's that uncomfortable feeling? I'll keep moving. It's designed to keep us safe. Yes. So it will see a problem where it, there isn't one. So, for example, my thing has been about life letting me in. Yeah. So I know it's not happened, but say, for example, you we had to cancel the podcast. Yes. Right? Yeah. You couldn't do it. My mind would go to, 
and it's changed her mind. She does. I'm not going to be let in. Like, the, even if we rebooked it, like my mind, I didn't buy into it anymore. But that's where my mind would go. Yeah. And then if something, you know, or life making life isn't letting me in, I'll, I'll make. When you get so caught in a way of thinking, you will take the most tenuous links. Yes. And make it about the the problem is with that is if you're trying to vision your future and yeah. create a future for yourself, you are bringing the problem with you, you know. It's like a big, very, very big, heavy rucksack. It is. And if I'm perpetuating the idea, if I'm, that I can, I'm not, I want to be let in, I'm then in turn creating a situation where I'm not going to be included. It comes with it because I have to keep finding people to not let me in. Yes. It's like you've got to keep living in that matrix. You've got to. The system's got you. And then yeah. you get moments of being let in and you'll feel better. But it doesn't last. Because like I said earlier, with the guy looking for the keys, you're looking in the wrong place. And this is why I was talking about the, the body. Well, you mentioned the body. Actually, I didn't. You mentioned the body. And you were talking about where do you feel it. And for example, with the solar plexus, as I mentioned that, if you're conditioned a certain way, be it that you're conditioned by parents or, or by someone that's abused you or, you know, like being locked in the toilet, whatever it is, that will affect your self-esteem. That hits right there in the solar right plexus. There, yeah. Now, in the same way, the solar plexus will feel the, the lack of self-esteem. It will feel the aggression. It will feel the frustration. And that's why we call it the fire in the belly, mm. right? And it's where the body produces acid as well, hence the reason we call it the fire in the belly. But also, if you do get let in, you'll feel it in your solar plexus and you'll then, it will rise into your heart. Yes. And don't forget, for people that have low self-esteem, it often gets caught in their throat. They can't yes, get so I had that. Yeah, yeah, where you feel you can literally... You do, you're going to have... If you've got anxiety and you've got... You're good, everything's going to be low. It's going to be low. It's going to be low and it needs to kind of... Come out. Come out and through. It's, and it's such a hard thing to do. It is. I think especially when you've been perpetually not let in... And so you're going to feel that again and then it's going to suppress your voice and you're going to go into that mind moment of, well, essentially the part of you that arises is the inner critic. Yes. And that's so much stronger. And actually the reason I think the inner critic is so much stronger is what you just said there about being stuck in the matrix. It's familiar. It's for, but do you know what? People will take the familiar over freedom. They do. Because the familiar is what they know in the it's brain seeks familiarity so i'm gonna say i when i i don't have anxiety anymore i used to have really bad anxiety and i was working with i mean i've had i've done my training which we can talk about but i've also had years of therapy um and also got my coach and i remember um because i did the wim hof breathing technique yeah, which i love phenomenal. yeah and i would do the cold shower and i would have anxiety and i'd feel it there and it would just go in the shower. I mean, I recommend it freezing cold. It would just it's, go. It's because it's breaking the state. It's, yes, because of, it's got to, because all your system's firing yes. up. Because you've made yes. yourself so cool. Literally. Wim Hof explains it so well. But you can do, I use that in hypnotherapy and I yeah. use that in EMGR where we imagine the ice oh, to that's break the state. You imagine Perfect. it. So you can get too cool then. It's, great. <laughs> yeah. it's like my brain before I'm getting in the shower is like. But you do need to do the cold shower as yeah, well. Yeah. I, think. I like, think it does help it when does. breathing. It does. But I remember just thinking, why won't you go away? Anxiety, why won't you go? And then I got to a place where I was being with it, not with the mind, but as an emotional experience. And because I record my sessions with my coach, I can play them back in the privacy of my own home and I don't have to worry about him being there in a way waiting so I can really go at my pace. Yeah. And 
he's brilliant. And we, uh, I was there and I was listening to him and the anxiety came through. So I, so I took his guidance and I paused it and I watched. And as it came through and to leave, I, I clocked my internal dialogue go, don't leave me, I need you. Yes. And I was like, oh my God, all this time, it had been me keeping the anxiety going. Yes. But I was resisting the experience of anxiety because anxiety as an experience is hard it's on the body. It's very hard on the body. It's actually causing disease for a lot of people. Yes. And what's interesting about that is because I, I follow the principles of IFS psychotherapy, really, which is the part of psychotherapy. Mm. And what it says is we have this internal system of characters. Yes. Now, the, uh, the anxiety is a character. Yeah. And it's like that overbearing best friend. It's like, I don't want you to be friends with those people over no. there. But you feel loved by that friend because they're, yeah. they're, they're controlling you, really. Yes. But, but that, that feels like a form of love. It does. And, and that's, it's known. And it's known and, and it's, it's known. familiar. And I was like, uh, as bad as the anxiety was, I knew myself in the world. Yeah, you knew I could to mix navigate. It. But, yeah, because we need that. We need to firstly have a sense of how to navigate. And we need to have a in truth a false sense of control. Yeah, you're right. You know, false sense of control is the biggest problem. It's the biggest problem, and it's the thing that tends to hold people back. The yeah, most yeah, you're right. To not let go, and I, I get, don't I mean, go off on tangents here, but what makes me super cross is in the sixties when they stopped the use in therapy of psych, uh, psycho psychedelics, because where we could be now. Where we could be now. I know, just... I know. That conversation I have privately with a lot of my friends. And I am actually on this waiting list, which I need to chase up because I've been on it for a very long time with MAPS. Because, yeah. um, MAPS are the body for psychedelics and they do a lot of experimentation and you pay to be part of the waiting list so that they can mm -hmm. fund a lot of the research. And I really, some of the courses are about 20 grand, but I really want to use it as You'd part be of great. Yeah, you'd fit in really well with what you're doing. And yeah. I just, it makes me, you know, you had Timothy Leary and he was so outspoken about it and then it went yes. into the mainstream. And yes. of course, then, you know, what happened, happened next and it got shut down. Yes. The different, but you think of all these kind of antidepressants we've got now and yes, they do work for some people, but for some people they just don't work. And they're not actually supposed to be on them forever, but the no. pharmaceutical world does like to keep you there. Exactly. But yeah. also, I think once the pharmaceutical world can work out how to make decent money out of the psychedelics. It, we, we'll see it. We'll, we'll see, see it. it. That's happened with marijuana in America in particular. Right. They've really opened up to that. It's just not it's, quite caught on here. No. We know we've got medical marijuana, but it's not quite the same here. We in America. Hold back. We are yeah. held back. We're a bit more reserved. As we the are. Old, the old There's some great is. Netflix documentaries and all of this yes, stuff that there people is. can find. It's really oh, It's important to bring it into the conversation, Carly, because... Ultimately, as we said before, we're living in a really important time where we still have freedom of speech. Yeah, and you can still long. Yeah, yeah, we don't know how long. And these these little snippets of conversation within the larger conversation we're having, it might just be that thing that people go, Do you know what? I was always opposed to anything that I thought was drugs. Yeah. But actually this this lady Carly, she sounds really intelligent. I'm no, just Yeah, have, yeah. A, have a look into it. Yeah. I think there's a drug that was in the documentary in in America where they've they've legalized them all for um uh, what's it called? Microdosing. Yes. Apart from one, I can't remember which one, because a particular tribe uses it. So they've actually managed they've kept that illegal just so the tribe doesn't lose access because everyone's then going to grab that wow. to the banks or I don't know about this. I don't, I don't know what drug it is. It's in the documentary, but basically they've made them all legal for in certain states. Yeah, except for that one. Except for that one, but deliberately to protect the tribe. The tribe, yeah. That is 
beautiful. Isn't it wonderful? Yes. Because yes. otherwise we'd all just be, you know, taking it in and just yeah. taking it, actually. And Which is what's happening with Zenpic. Yeah. You know, with the, the, the skinny jab. Yes. Where oh, everyone's, everyone's injecting themselves and people with diabetes I, can't get hold of it. I know, I've heard about that. Yeah. 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 It's, it's wrong. Yeah, it is. But it's it's what we it's it's all about a quick fix though. It is all about a quick fix, you rather know, than health. Health and well being and taking it at your pace, but doing the work. Doing the work. Fundamentally doing the work. Because what else is there to do? Like you, you know, do you wanna be on your deathbed and just go, Oh, somebody else led my life? That, you know, when you fight, because you will have that moment, I think, if you're lucid enough, at some stage to go, oh, I should have, you know, even if it fails, just I love this. It. I love this conversation so much. And, I, you know, it might sound a bit morbid. And the reason being is when I think about death, which I do frequently, because it, it's, I'm a, I'm a fan of it, really. I find it fascinating. Um, and not because I'm, I'm not morbid, it's because I, I've, find the idea of not being I had general anesthetic once and I remember waking up and as I woke up I was like I wouldn't have known if I wasn't here and it was such That's a scream but I loved free? it you were free? really I was freed by the fact that no. when I was put to sleep and then woke up I didn't know I didn't exist and it didn't matter I like that I didn't that know. That scared me. You see, I won't go under general if I can avoid it for the same reason. Because you because you lose the sense of self. Yeah. But I isn't that interesting? That. Yeah. I see the different experiences. Yeah. It freed me. It yeah. made me realise that once, and, and actually, if I was ever given a terminal illness where I knew I was going to suffer and there was going to be a lot of pain, I would definitely take the option of, of Switzerland. Yeah, that's a good option, yeah. actually, that we don't allow anywhere else. No, yeah. I would definitely take that option because when I went to sleep, I didn't know I was asleep. And mm. the freedom within the exactly what you've been talking about, consciousness and the oneness of it all, is you go to sleep and you never wake up. Now, the only reason that's scary is because you think you know about it. Yes, and when I your up, ego is still playing. You're, ego. you're coming from ego. Ego because, state. Yeah. But I woke up realising that I didn't realise I'd been gone. So yeah. it made me feel like, oh, that's fine then. I just won't know about it. Alan Watts talks about that. You don't remember the time before you arrived. Yes. So when you go... You don't it, know. You don't know. And and actually, you wake up and you're like, oh, I'm back again. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Carry on. Yeah. yeah. It was literally... I love it. And it released me from every single fear. I mean, I, I don't have a lot of fear as it is anyway. Um, not consciously anyway. And I just thought... I'll make most of this then. Yeah. What, what, great. Well, Super duper. There was the story of the guy that, you know, it's a fable really. He takes himself out to sea to commit suicide, doesn't want to be here anymore. And then he goes, well, if I'm going to kill myself, I might as well go back and... And live. Yeah, live. He literally had that dichotomy. Yeah, he just at that moment, okay, well, you know. What if I carry on just living? Yeah. And it's sometimes, it's really that simple. I it's know. But you it's can... about experience, you see. Yes. It's... it's 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 a bit like in life, a really good example pe most people understand is if you try and explain to someone what it's like to get on a roller coaster ride, right? Yeah. So we're going to go on the, and you tell them it went up, it went down, and, ah, my breath, and it was upside down, and oh my goodness, get on the roller coaster. Do it. You know, get on the roller coaster. And that is, it's, it's the experience. Yeah. And what we're doing you and I, we're pointing towards something. Yeah, cannot give the experience. So, so but true. We're and I know it can be scary to look at what's holding you back. Yeah. And it feels never-ending, and in truth, it kind of is to a degree. Yeah. But there's levels you go through. Yeah. And I think we can just point, but it, but 
I think what it's about is being responsible, like responsibility for your life and your experiences. Yes. And when I say be responsible, I don't mean that you're responsible for other people's behaviour. No, what's, what they've done is on them. You're ultimately responsible for your experience. That also doesn't equal your experience was wrong or bad. Yes. It doesn't. But the point is, if you cannot look at yourself and really, if you're really struggling in life and do the work, then it's, it's on you ultimately because nobody can do it for you so that's what I mean by responsibility and then with responsibility comes power and I don't mean power like you ego. know ego and I'm in charge I mean an opening to life flow flow a space you know we we don't know that we don't know so for example if I was to say to you right Ella I've got these purple glasses and I want you to put them on so you stick all those purple glasses and everything's looking purple, right? I love the color purple. Well, I'll tell probably why my brain went there, right? So, okay, you're you're in purple, I'm in blue. I'm going to put blue glasses on. So the lens that I'm looking through yes. is, is, is blue. The lens you're looking through is purple. Yes. Which one's right? Yes. And the lens is representative of the lens through which we look through life from our past, exper yes. our past experiences, right? Yes. Now, the thing is with that, if I say to you, right, there's purple glasses, you're not to take them off for six months. You'll stop noticing you're looking through a purple lens. Yes. We don't know that we don't know. The job at hand is to take the fish out of the water and go, look, mate, you are swimming in water. At least if you're going to get back in the water, know what you're swimming in. Yeah, feel it. Feel it. And that and and being responsible for your experience is, is part of coming alive. And, open, and once you can see the lens through which you look of you in the world, it opens you up to taking the lens off. Yeah. And suddenly, it's a bit like if when you're, you know, you're wrapping Christmas presents and you've got that long tube and then you're playing with your kids and you look at your kids through the tube and that's all you can see. And what, what being responsible for your life does is start the process of removing that tube so that you can get the full view yeah. of what's possible. Yes. And that's infinite. And that really is infinite. Yeah. And the only thing that stops us is this voice in our head that we, that we identify with. That we've become friends with. Become Even friends if it's with. a toxic friendship. And it's to so the things I say to myself that I would not say dream. So dream. true, isn't it? You're, you're, the inner critic is the inner bully. It but is you've the learned bully. that. You've learned that. Yeah. And, and the job at hand is to, you know, because... What I've been able to do occasionally, I, sw I switch in out, out of different layers of consciousness yes. around it all, is I've been able to have deliberate thoughts. Yeah. And when you have deliberate thoughts, I'm like, man, I should have played the lottery when I was in that state. Because <laughs> stuff just clicks. Yeah, because what it's flow is it's now. flow. Yeah, it's flow. And I, I really get the whole thinking positively. I don't have an issue with it. I quite like thinking negatively though. It, it floats my boat sometimes Does because it? it allows that. It allows you to find reality sometimes. Positive isn't always realistic. No. And and what it is 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 this is this, it's within the box. Yeah. Right. So if you can get that you are not your thoughts. Yes. Then it and and you not only get it, but you start identifying with it. You stop seeing yourself as your thoughts. Then you could they've got no power. You can have any thoughts. You can be the most negative person on the planet. Yeah. Because you're not identified with it, it has no impact. Yeah. And then you can have deliberate thoughts and then life tends to meet you there because there's no thoughts getting in the way because you're not buying into them. 
it's a very good way of thinking about this, which is for those that struggle with the idea of that. If you imagine you're watching yourself on a screen in the cinema, there's the version of you that's on the screen. Yeah. There's the watcher sitting in the front row. Right. The observer in the middle row. And then the awareness, which is just the projector. Yeah, and you are the You're the inanimate object, which is not so easy to say. You're the inanimate object, the awareness. You don't even need to be the observer anymore. That's when you know. The everything, nothing. Exactly. Exactly. Which, you know, gets a bit into like, that's hard to, we're speaking on things that are hard to put words to. Yes, we are, yeah. You know, but it's the the everything, nothing of reality. What, you know, there's this sense of separation. I'm here, you know. That's there. There's this separation, yeah. you know. But if you take a pen and you blew it up to the size of this room, well, that would be a very big pen. Yeah. And then if you, you know, <laughs> it, it would. But if you blew it up to the size of the city, and then you blew it up to the size of yeah. the universe, and then you you blew it up to the size of everything, there'd be nothing. Yes. Like there, do you see what I mean? There, yeah. there, there is a. We're all. There isn't. We're all one. We are all one. And I think the way to, the way I sometimes try and get people to get the energy thing because that one consciousness and all of that is interesting to get it's hard to get so i always say imagine you walk into a room where there's been an argument you don't know the people in the room you don't know what they've argued about but you walk in and you know that something feels very wrong immediately and you want to get out the room yes could be a doctor's surgery it could be a party it could be a restaurant you just don't feel safe no you are linking into that infinite oneness. Yes, you which are. cannot be seen, measured. It's just no. there. Equally, if you get onto a, a train or something and someone's laughing away, you don't know whether you're picking up on the energy. Yeah. And it's that one source that we are all a part, all of. part of. But like you say, it's the subjectiveness within that yeah. that creates the separation. And you do need to be in the world. You do need a story. You do need to deal with ego. Yeah. You do. You can, unless you want to go and sit on a mountain top for the rest of your life. Yeah. You have to come down to the marketplace. Yeah, you do. You know. And that's where art actually yeah. really comes in because we. You mentioned the podcast earlier about the reflectiveness and the the seeing yourself in other mm. people's stories with your art. Um, and with many other people's art, you are able to see something that means something only to you in that yeah. moment. The other person looking at it may not feel the way you feel. No, because they're coming from their perspective. Exactly. And that's why art so fascinating to me and artists yeah. so fascinating to me. But before we talk about your art, you mentioned before your own training. And also, I know you've had like, you're like a cat. You've had <laughs> yeah, so many I, lives. I, I've done some things. So, so yeah, the, the, just we'll go back a bit then. So when I when I was in school, uh, just to give a, a more of a sense of the malaise that I was in, I suppose I was made to do typewriting classes in my lunch break, like three or four, three, two or three, two or three times a week, right. and I hated it. And I kind of asked why, and they said, well, because you know you've got a disability, Kylie, you probably won't get a job. So if you can type. This is being, you've been given this This is not even like implicit. This is explicit communication, right? And, you know, well, I told my dad and he wrote a note and it was stopped the very next day. Wow. Yeah. So you you must have felt in your body, as we were saying before, you feel it in your body. This isn't right. This isn't right. The thing is, when you're having this fight of being let in, because it becomes about that. Of course. In order to be in the fight, part of you has to, in truth, believe maybe they're right. So I'm fighting. But actually, emotionally, what's going on deep down is maybe they're right. Maybe I can't, you know. Is that still there? 
as an emotional experience in the body, yes, I can feel it as I share it with you guys. Yeah. It's, I'm not attached to it anymore. Yeah. So I can feel it in the body, this sense of... And that's about being responsible. Like I said, being responsible for your experience and going, no, that's really there. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just being controlled by something that is in your unconscious. Yes. And really, it's about bringing the unconscious into consciousness so that you have some say was it young who said yes well, make the unconscious conscious other, otherwise you it would dictate your life and you would call it fate carl young my favorite absolute right. favorite because he was really the founder even of ifs i mentioned earlier ifs psychotherapy which is all about parts and really although this has never been said publicly to my awareness without carl young saying that no you wouldn't have got parts theory you wouldn't and and so it's it's really i think important to to be responsible and yeah. do the work and that's what it looks like for me is, yeah. is being with those experiences but also having a father that was willing to step in and 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 got it straight away it was like just that would have had an impact on me as well yes absolutely yeah what i did do i know the years are called different things now but sorry <laughs> i get an itchy nose all the time the <laughs> <laughs> oh if you started to whistle <laughs> yeah, explain to people the whistle just because no, if they no, hear okay. it <laughs> occasionally my nose it whistles and i've been to the doctor there's nothing i can do about it, it just so if you hear a whistle it's not a little birdie it's, it's your nose it's, it's, it's my nose and, and i was saying earlier um, john my partner came home from work once and um he thought I was home, but then he thought, well, I can't see her anywhere. She's not home. But then he could hear this noise. And he was like, what's, what's that noise? <laughs> and so he's wandering around and he's like, maybe, I don't know, there's an issue in the airing cupboard. Maybe the extractor isn't <laughs> working properly as I line it was. And then he wandered in and he went, no, that was Carly whistling. And he went and opened the door and I was just looking at my phone. I'd not took my shoes off yet. And there I was just whistling away. So, yeah, just to, to you know, go off on a little... Occasionally, you might get a whistle. <laughs> well, at least we know what it is. Exactly. My mum is, like, always on me about... Can I go to the doctor? I've been to the doctor. Yeah, because she really picks up on that kind of thing. Does know? she? Yeah. Yeah, what's the whistling, Kyle? Can I hear you whistling again? <laughs> All right. I think it's great. We know where you are. <laughs> yeah, 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 just whistle around. So, yeah, um, so, yeah. so going back, so... I did the first year of secondary school. I did the second and the third year. Then I, no, I did the first year of secondary school. I skipped the second year. I did the third and the fourth year and I skipped the final year of school and went straight to college. Wow. So I just, I mean, I just got through that. Got out. So for someone who wasn't going to do anything. You, you showed them. I went to college and I did art, but I wasn't very good at it. I got into an art foundation the teacher at the before I did the art foundation I did a two-year course and she said to my parents apparently I find out these things later she's so terrible at art that please don't bother putting her through to the art foundation she did there's no point in her going for an interview so my parents rang this rang them and said there's the whistle <laughs> rang, <laughs> rang them and said um shall we bring her along and I think almost out of pure annoyance by Barry who ran the art foundation was like bring her along that's a terrible thing to say and they took me on the course I had an amazing year I met people from all over the world and I'd never met 
like I'd been very yeah grew up in Bristol from Bristol quite institutionalized in many ways yeah and suddenly I'm meeting people from Belgium France and they and they were slightly older not by much but also they were older they they were they had more there was something about the European culture that yes so much more about them and that was wonderful they were just more mature than the English counterparts at that time I'm but, still shocked by this sorry to butt in and again, for the people that look at Carly's work before they listen to this, hopefully you will, and even if after, I still can't believe she said you weren't oh, very I was good. Crap. No, I'm not joking. The work was I, I, I. So look, I, I disliked painting. I did not enjoy painting. I could draw. I could sketch, and I always had done. And as a child, even at six, seven years old, I was trying to make sense of the world, and I would draw these pictures of different people in different scenarios. And I'd always planned to write stories to go with them, but I never did. And there was these piles of pictures just with pencil of, of obviously probably kids my own age and the dramas and all that. And so I always drew and I could kind of draw, but painting I hated. I, I, I was really rubbish at it. And when I did my art foundation, I focused on film photography, well, mainly photography at that stage. Interesting. Then I went to three different universities. Three? Yeah, because... My dad was really worried about me moving. Like, he was really protective of me. And he wanted me to go to Newport. And there was a guarantee entry system from the the course that I was on. And he wanted me to be safe. Yes. This thing is about being safe. Yes. He to be safe. Uh, within the first term, I was like, right, I'm going to Nottingham. So I got into Nottingham. They loved my portfolio. It was, you know, it was photography and stuff. Yeah. They loved it. But then when I arrived on my first day... So I've done a term in Newport. I go into Nottingham. I walk in. And as I walk in, I picked oh, the wrong place. Immediately. Immediately, I just knew. Body keeps the score. Body keeps the score. Yeah. And I just knew. And I was like, I went home and I rang my dad crying in my dorm. And I was like, I the wrong oh, no. And he was like, you are, he, what my dad does is he gets very angry and shakes and screams like, what are you doing? And then he calms down very quickly and goes, right, what are we going to do? Yes. You know, but you've got to yeah. let him have his moment. Of he's going, got to expel the energy. Let it out. And then he's like, right, what are we going to do? And I remember sitting there in Nottingham and I was doing some work and someone was having a review with a teacher. And the, it was great work. I, From what I remember a long time ago, the teacher was destroying it. And in such a way that wasn't supporting the, the, the student, you could just see her falling apart. You know, and she was holding it together, but you could see it destroying her internally. It wasn't supporting her. Maybe he had some points, but the way he did it, and I just thought, I know I don't belong here. I am going to end up in that position. And, yeah. And so I finished out the year, and then I went to Leeds. Wow. And so I spent three years, and then then they said like, whatever the governing body is for said you can't move again anyway so you, you're there you've got to stay you here now know, like, you've, you've met, you've, this is your third guy so like but it was great I met some amazing people Leeds is lovely Leeds is lovely it's a great city it's like a mini London yeah it is you know and I loved it and there was moments of course there is but you know overall I had a great experience there um great nights out great, yeah you know just really honed in on my photography and then my film and I started making these films that were really about creating an experience of movement internally. Well, I, I want you to feel, really feel something for yourself. Yes. In this. And so I started making these pieces, did my degree, got a 2-1. And then I came back home and I'm, 
I, I'm kind of like, where can I make stuff happen? So I was doing a lot of volunteer work in TV post-production. And then I went to this place called 422, which was more of a graphics company. And they said, stay for two weeks. I ended up bringing in my own computer and I stayed for like six months. Wow. And I had the time of my life there, brilliant people. Some of them I'm still in contact with to this day. Um, and it was fantastic. And then I would, then I, then I was still working for, so at that point I'd work part-time for my dad because I'm not making any money at 422 really. The odd job, but generally I'm just there for free being in the environment. Pro bono work kind of thing. Yeah. And just making friends, really. Just a lot of friend making. And, and, and what a what a great way to do it. Yeah, going to the pub as well. I mean, yeah. on lunch breaks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, it, we, it was it was it was great fun. Um, and there was um, a guy that worked for my dad. My dad was um, an MD of this transport company that worked back when there was newspapers and stuff, and they had the Daily Mail and the Evening Post. And he, it was like I'm with the boss's daughter, and I'd go in and I'd work on reception five or four days a week in the in the afternoon and my mum would do the morning basically yeah my mum used to have a cleaner's job that she loved but my dad didn't like her doing it because it was like oh no I don't want I don't want you doing a cleaning job basically. oh wow yeah so but she loved it she had her friends there and yeah she really enjoyed it but then she ended up working for my dad because she wanted to make her own money and you know all that stuff they share their money but anyway um and then um this guy came in and he just had a twinkle in his eye I thought, well, what's what's that about? Because I've picked, you know, and at that point, I'd read things like The Alchemist, yes, Celestial Prophecy, all yeah. those starter books, yeah. So I knew there was more to life because, especially when I was in Nottingham and I realised I was in the wrong place, I felt very lonely. Uh, I made friends there, but I was, I knew it was like being stuck back in time by three seconds constantly. Like I just felt like I was in this strange bubble of I don't, I really don't belong here. Amazing I amazing way here. to describe it. Yeah. Like I'd gone back in time three seconds. You just couldn't quite reach that no. moment. And I went to a Tracy Chapman concert. Oh my I, gosh, I love Tracy Chapman. I couldn't feel anything. <gasps> That's a Tracy Fast Ch car. You couldn't feel anything. Couldn't feel anything. You were disconnected. I was disconnected because I'd made this mistake and I'm all about being let in and I'm already behind. Yeah. And I've taken a U-turn. Yeah. So I'm making all this meaning out of it and I'm really disconnected. And you didn't feel anything at a Tracy Chapman concert. <laughs> says it all. That says it all. That literally says it I all. I mean, stick it on now and I'll pull my eyes out. Yeah, but at the time, total yeah. disassociation, disconnection. Yeah, because I'd made this mistake. Forgot where I was going now. Sorry, I was just so blown away by you didn't feel anything, <laughs> Tracy. I can believe I it. Know, I know. <laughs> the thought took over. I know. I know. I know. I know where I was so, mum cleaning, working with dad, twinkling his eye. So, and I said, "Yeah, what have you been up to?" He said, "I went and did this this body of work in London with this organisation called Concord Institute." So that's interesting. Get me a brochure, something I'll have a look. Uh, so got the brochure and I was like, this is what I'm looking for. They were exploring the nature of reality. Ooh. What is it to be human? What is the human experience? So I thought to myself, I'm going to do this. And at the time, naively, not being aware of how people go at their own paces and some people aren't ready to just dive into things. I was like, mum, do you want to come do this with me? <laughs> she was like, no. <laughs> absolutely not absolutely not and then, you know people can get quite aggressive if you push it or yeah they can they can um so I went and did this course and it just 
it took me out of the matrix. It's the only way I can explain it. It yeah. was so pat, but it was hard work. Yeah. It was really challenging. I'd never done anything from before. I was not long out of university. I'm what, 22, 23 years old, and I'm suddenly being, and in this course room, so it's a course room full of people, and people are sharing, and some people have been through some awful stuff. Yeah. Now, now I can hear anything and I've got space for it back then I, I people had been abused all sorts of things it was a bombardment yeah and I remember ringing my dad because he put me up in a hotel that I mean I was a daddy's girl you know he would just take care of me and stuff like that he was he would worry about me mm-hmm. um when I moved to London I couldn't go on escalators because he'd talk he'd made me so scared of it and then I couldn't get around London so I had to t- talk teach myself to interesting so his worry really sort of infiltrated yeah so he's has a big impression and you know he he has very good reasons because he was in a motorbike accident when he was I'm going to get back to the point but he was in a motorbike accident at a a young age he'd gotten himself a motorbike and he won't mind me sharing this he got himself a motorbike and his dad warned him my granddad who I love and miss um he's he said if you get a motorbike You'll be in an accident within one week, <gasps> right? Don't get a motorbike. He gets a motorbike. He's going along the road, no helmet. <gasps> and it's not his fault. There's a lorry truck, I don't know, going the wrong way. Oh, my god! He goes up, he goes over. I think he lands outside a doctor's house or something that saves him. Changed him. Fundamentally changed him. He's risk, you know, he's, he wants me to be careful as a result. Let's just put it that way, right? Oh my- Gosh. Then he has a daughter with a disability. It's like, you know, it's the worst case scenario, really, yes. for him yes. with regards to safety and concern. Um, so he his voice has been a big part of my voice. Yes. Yeah, a really big part of my learned, voice. Learned thinking, learned yeah, believing. Yeah, and, and yeah. He was a super free spirit before that. And then that accident, I think he was in hospital for six months. Crikey. And then, but he, it, it changed him. He married my mum. Like, I might not be here if he hadn't had that accident. True. He married my mum. He settled down. He became safe. That yes. was the choices that he made. So when I rang my dad, and I'm on this course, and I'm freaking out, like, this is too much. He said, well, you know, Carly, you're in London now. So, you look, you could spend a few days looking around some nice galleries. You're there. Your ticket home isn't for a few days. Whatever. You know, you've got some interviews set up for some jobs and stuff. You could just enjoy the weekend and because it was a three-day course, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, go back in on the Wednesday evening for a completion. And I had job interviews set up during the week. Got you. Um, and he said, but I think seeing as you paid for it, you might as well stay. And that was coming from my dad. And I, so then I was like, okay, I'm going to stay. I'm going to see this course out. So your dad actually said to stay, even though you were freaking out. Yeah, and, and uh, he's the only person that could have... Wow. The only one. And... I think, what was it? So I was 24 and I've, I think I did about 15 years of work with Concord Institute. I became a coach for them. I They wanted me to facilitate because I had the skills to. Yeah. Because I, But I didn't want to. And the reason why I didn't want to is because though I understood the content, I wasn't, in my point of view, fully living it. Or I'm not saying you've got to be perfect, but you've got to be living it enough yes what you're talking about you do you absolutely need to feel again yeah. it's the feeling it's side the of feeling. it i i want to be able to come from that space not just talk about yes that space. yes because they'll pick up on where i'm coming from it will impact them too yeah but i coached and i became a head coach for them and i coached the coaches so i did all of that 
But what also happened is I really wanted to make more sense of the human experience. And in, in all that time after doing the work with Concord, I got a job straight away from that weekend, from the two days that I had in London. I got a job in London and I was working in TV post-production from that point. So I moved to London very swiftly after that course. Within a couple of weeks of doing that course, I was in London. It just happened. So quick. So quickly. Although I struggled because to get, at that time... And back then it was all tapes. It wasn't like it is now. Yeah. It was a very physical job and you had to go in as a runner. Yes. You just had to. Yeah. There's no way you can't get in otherwise, can you? And I couldn't, but I could do all the other stuff because I'd done all the free work elsewhere, but they wouldn't. And I even had an email from one company who will remain nameless, mainly because I don't have the email anymore uh, to prove it. (laughs) Yeah. they, They basically said, we cannot give you a job because you've got a disability and we can't make room for that. Oh my big goodness! Big post house in Soho, yeah. Really big post house in Soho. How long ago was that? Probably uh, twenty years. About twenty years ago now. That just goes to show twenty years yeah. ago. It was devastating to me. I was like, "What can I do? I can't make myself better for you." Like, what you know? It was heartbreaking, but it was more of that coming from. Oh, you're not going to let me in. It's just a it's reinforcement. That reinforcement of, again. Of, I'm separate. I don't belong. You know, it's almost like window shopping your life. You're not really in it. You're not really. I don't matter. I don't. People matter. don't see me as valuable. No, I'm. I'm my disability. Yeah. You know? Yes. You know, but you know, cognitive, cognitively, you're not. But people are perceiving you. Well, the disability is not the actual physical difference. It's the way society treats you. The, the disability way, is not in the body. It's in society. And and it's the culture of the time. Yeah. And so. Even people that are helpful, they're living within a certain domain yeah. at the time. But yeah, I, I ended up doing really well. I worked for places like the BBC, Channel 4, post-production, doing little edits for them, doing the behind-the-scenes stuff. And then I was also doing the work with Concord in my free time. Wow. Um, and I, 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 then I had my one of my first ser- really serious boyfriends and all of that. You know, so it was all going on at that time. A busy, busy, it busy was a time. Busy time, and I was living near the Holloway Road. It was chaos, and there was yeah. all sorts going on. And um, I was like, I really want to understand. I love what I'm doing with Concord. It's like the metaphysical. I suppose, yes, yeah, that's the right word. Yeah, it is. But I want to understand the science a bit more. Mm. Maybe now I'd have done psychology, but what I did is I went to the Tavistock. Yeah. And with the Freud, is the Freudian. Freudian. And I picked Freud deliberately because to me it was the most non-magical, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it does. Just to go against what I was already... Yeah. Already, You're in that metaphysical, magical state. Already. Let's get the, the opposing. Way, but I was yeah. Looking, you know. Yeah. And so I really wanted to understand, you know, transference, kind of transference, yeah. the good enough parent, Winnicott, all yeah. of that stuff. Yeah. So I spent three years training at the Tavistock and then I did a year uh, group psychoanalytic training at the Institute of Group Analysis as well. I mean, not, you've done a lot of training. Not to become a therapist though, just to understand, but also to take it into the work at Concord. So yeah. That, you know, so they could understand a little bit more about if you've got a difficult um client for example you know because they were coaching on these courses what might actually be going on there so you can be a support yes yeah they they weren't trained you know so so I was doing all of that and then I was getting really quite successful and I was making a lot of money doing really well and I was starting to get towards the picture of the rose picket 
you know, white yeah, beds, yeah. picture of what I wanted to create for myself. And I'd worked really hard to get there and I'd had so much rejection. Mm. And I still felt left out because I was a freelancer. And while freelancing is quite normal now, it was more like you had an employed job then. And I was still always on the outside trying to get in. Although the CV looked great. Yes. And, but I wasn't happy. I was doing really well, but I wasn't happy. And then one day I was at Concord and we were planning the year ahead. And it was a weekend just to plan how the charity might grow, support the community. Because Concord does body mind and so they and spirit so they're dealing with your thoughts but they're also doing body yoga yeah. tai chi and then they're also doing cooking classes microbiotic cooking yes classes, wow know. i mean this was 20 years ago yeah this is roughly. like yeah really quite oh, new they, they've got a history because they're the microbiotic history goes back i mean there's it, go, it links back right back to um, all the all the big names actually. Yes. If you look back into the history of yeah. microbiotics, yeah, in the Boston and New York, and it all yeah. kind of started there, and it was all to do with transformation of the body. Yes, we will change the world through food. Yes, know? and then uh, Greg Johnson came along and was like, "I think we can mix the mind with the yeah, you know," and that's what the it holistic was. approach. And I loved it with them. Sometimes the infrastructure behind the scenes didn't always feel right to me mm. and I wanted to understand what was going on so that's why I'd done the training yeah because they, they were so professional at the Tavistock yes and I really wanted that professionalism that structure that structure really yeah really made a difference but I was at Concord and so we were planning the year ahead and I was sitting in my chair and this is when it's so hard to explain without sounding like nuts um <laughs> Something came out the sky, is the only way, and it didn't literally, but but it was like this thing that hit me energetically, and I almost fell off my chair. My internal dialogue just silenced, and a voice just said, "You're here to explore the human experience through art." And then it was gone, and I was back in the room. And I must tell you, my internal dialogue went, "You are no, 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 no. You hate art." And you've just got in your career in a really good place. No, you're not doing that. That is not happening. I was furious. <laughs> <laughs> I was utterly like... You were felt discombobulated. Yeah, but also it's a bit like turning around to someone who's a dancer and going, actually, you should get a job in IT. Yes. <laughs> it's like... Like, what are you talking no, about? Where has this come from and who are you? Get lost. Yeah, I was because so, it was it was an incredible experience in the moment. But actually, when, when the internal, when the ego internal dialogue came back in, it was fur, like, furious. And so I ignored it for about three or four months. Yeah. Because I'm like, no, no, I've literally fought, like gone against the tide and fought my way into this industry that I'm part of now. That I'm finally getting the recognition I feel like I could have gotten years earlier if I didn't have a disability and I'm going to quit it for, for for something I hate and can't even do wow yeah wow yeah wow what on earth like what happened I don't know it's just that that's like I, I'm sitting here going okay great there's a there's an energetic force that sends you this message Random. who knows why never come back since yeah and and then so you're ignoring it because obviously no you know it, it's like imagine trying to tell that one to my dad yeah we had the three universities <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, having a moment. Oh, having a moment. Uh, anyway i 
ignored it, I got severely depressed, like really depressed because something very alive had come to me. Yeah. And I did not, if you get that kind of knock on the door and you don't respond to it when it's that freaking, like talk about looking for a sign, like when it's that direct, if you don't then take what you're offered. Yeah. Life is going to, you're going to. You're going to show you in different ways. Yeah. And I got really depressed, really down. So I was like, okay, fine. And (laughs) (laughs) so I started painting and they were awful. They were really... I can't believe you, Carly. I need to find some. I mean, comparable to now, they were like awful. But I felt better. Something in me was opening up. And within six months, cut a long story short, I started enjoying it and I had a gallery. And I was selling my, starting to sell my work. And I got myself a studio. Yeah. I, I like, it's, it's, it's mind-blowing, Carly. Yeah. So the work got better. And then I got signed by, I know one of your other guests talked about it with their father, Washington Green. I got yes, by, yeah. Before I got signed, because um, I would, I mean, I would just put myself places. So yeah. I would ring Castle Fine Art yeah. and go, how do I get in? I'm not going to do the online email thing first. I'm just going to, I'm going to get yeah. a human. And they, the guy really loved my work. So he set up an interview with Ian and, and Glyn Washington. And I, I went in for the meeting with my art. And I was so excited. And I thought they were going to sign me. And I was all oh, excited. And Glyn looked at my work and he went, that's fucking awful. That's awful. Those legs are too long. That face is ugly. <gasps> and it was brilliant. Because I'd had no coaching at all. And the minute he put a bit like being willing to look at myself, if there's something that's off and I can, I'll own it. So the minute he pointed out, I was like, oh, my God, you've opened my eyes. This is fascinating because you're referring to Billy Lockett there, whose father was an artist and they wanted to sign him. I remember the story. They wanted to sign it and and Billy was eight at the time and his dad, who was quite eccentric, asked Billy, uh, for those that haven't listened to that episode, asked Billy at eight years old about this big business Mm. decision because they were going to take something like 90%. No, it's not. Poor Billy. Billy went, no, that sounds like a rubbish deal. And that was the end of it. And it actually was, you know, part of his dad's downfall from there. I wonder, though, depending on how much it would have been, though, because you don't know. You don't know what would have happened. Yeah, yeah. So I took the road of Washington Green. Um, So first they destroyed me, but I loved it. And, I, you know, when I would bring it up with Glenn, he'd get embarrassed about it. (laughs) I'm like, Glenn, you did me the hugest favour. Yeah. And he's such... But, you know, it's quite a commercial world, that world. Yeah. He's such a genuine artist, Glenn. He's such, uh, not him as an artist, but his relationship to art. Yes. So, whereas Ian is a little bit more commercial. Yeah. Know, and he's brilliant at that. He's yeah. brilliant at the marketing. Love Ian. And so I signed with Washington Green after they sent me off to life drawing classes for about a year. So they're like, you need to go to life drawing. You need to, in order to break the figure down, you need to know how it's made properly you need to go to life you had to get a bit more into the autonomy so i'd go to the prince's drawing school and i was still selling art through galleries and stuff and i go to prince's drawing school once a week their day met lots of lovely people yeah some are like more than others yeah you know it was great and it was these models and i i learned the figure and i went back to washington green and but i think by then i i think they said they would test me and i was pregnant with rivers at the time and um, I didn't want them to know that because I didn't want them to not take it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. To them. Um, isn't they, it interesting that you have to think that way as a woman, though? I know, isn't it? Yeah. I was like, I cannot let them know that. I'm pregnant, yeah. You know, because yeah. you know, two men. That was my... Nat- what, what they would have done, I don't know. But we, the thought was there. The thought was there, and there's a reason for that. So... I did the I did the work. Got they they said they get me take me on as a test and see. 
they put me in the galleries, but they didn't officially announce me. And it's like the opposite of Billy's story. Like they didn't yeah. want to take me. And I was like, come on, we can do yeah. something. Um, they took me and the work just sold. It was really, did really well, really successful. So then they signed me. Even then that was a process to get them to sign me, even with the success. Oh. But different times. Yeah. You know, back in the heyday, apparently they were buying people like Apple this and that stuff you know for the Christmas presents you know now it's a bottle of wine like times are different <laughs> yeah. times are different you know yeah um so they, they signed me and the minute I went to see my first limited edition I kind of knew for me I felt like I'd made a mistake <gasps> I looked at the the print and I just felt it wasn't alive it didn't speak to me I know lots of people brought it and that's great but what I realized is I was suddenly a very little fish in a big pond. Yes. And I'd been, I had been creating from whatever that calling was. It yeah. comes through. And when I paint, I go into complete stillness. My mind switches off, you know, that state that they yeah. flow state. They talk yeah. About. yeah. You're completely in the moment and there's a connection to something beyond myself. Yeah. And that got switched off a bit at Washington green because what happens is you're in their system. Yes. You're a cog in the wheel. Yes. And, if you can thrive in that environment, great. But they're not, it's not about any individual person. The structure is not looking for you to thrive. It's looking for them to make money off of you. Got and you. they did try and do things, but it, it, they tried to create possibilities. But generally, the whole on they were in, it, it wasn't alive enough, really, for me. And um, there was one moment a couple of years in, about three years in, when I'd made this body of work completely connected, five paintings, and what they would always do is take anything you made. So you'd only take home, after expenses, 25% of the profit. Yes. And if you're selling a print for 900 quid, you're going to take home about 20 pound. Yeah, like, it's really not a lot. Yeah, like it's ridiculous. People are shocked, you know. Yeah. 900 pound print and you take 20 Yeah, it's home. ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, but, you know, they take your work. So it's like guaranteed income. Yeah. They made they made so much money. I made about 50k before expenses. Yeah. You know, but in yeah. London it's not a lot. Anyway. So I made this body of work and it was from that really alive space. Yeah. And Frankie Washington was my go-to contact and she loved the work too. And she took it to them. They they do a review, but suddenly there was just a lot of people doing the review. It used to be less people. Right. Now there's all these people and there's arguing about what they shouldn't take. And I don't know what it was like there with regards to whether they could financially keep taking everyone. I don't know. All I know is they got a bit tighter about it. And I, she said, this is special. She loved the work. I mean, I can't remember exactly what she said, but she loved it. And I was in a life drawing class and I rang her because I get nervous that once a month now, what are they going to say? Because it affects your process because of where they're at. Yeah. It's like they're rejecting artist work now and they never used to and they're rejecting a lot of artist work. It wasn't just me. And she said, they're not going to take it. Which never, they always never got to take any of it, Carly. And I was like, it's too risky. And I said, go back. This is special. Go back. So she got it. So she went back and she said, you know what? They're going to take it. But on the premise that if it doesn't sell within six weeks, which is it's got to get through their system. That is not very long. It's probably Crikey. it's not going to be on the shelves for at least in the galleries. I mean, saying on the shelves, the fact that I just said on the shelves is an indication to the mind frame. That, yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It's not going to be in the galleries for three weeks. 
anyway, and she said, so if it doesn't sell, we will take your next lot of work for free, which is also an indication that I have to go now go back to painting what I was. Do you see what I mean? Wow, yeah, this is not a healthy space. So I knew that was the beginning of the end. Those pieces all sold within about six weeks. I mean, some of them sold the minute they hit. Some of them didn't barely make it on. They were out. They just, the quickest selling work I'd ever made. Unbelievable. Yeah. But your mindset now is affected. I lost that flow. Yeah. So whatever that was died. I couldn't regenerate it because they said, right, it wasn't. So then I had to make a, uh, spend a month making what I'd always made. So then to go back again a month later to that from two months earlier. Yes. It's not how the artists work. No. No artists, a genuine artist needs freedom to explore. Yes. Try new things, make mistakes, yeah. all of those things. So I knew that was the beginning of the end. So I left Washington Green on very good terms. Yeah. Very good terms with them. Never burn your bridges. And I still love them to bits. It's the infrastructure that they're in. The people yeah. are gorgeous. And so I left them. And then we had the pandemic and all of that stuff. And I was like, Carly, you've just got to go for your socials. You've got to, you know, because I would, I would have shows where people would come along and there would be a queue of people to sign my autograph and stuff. I oh my having, gosh. You know, all of that would happen, yeah. You were literally the celeb. Yes, yeah, weird, isn't it? Because I'm yeah. just Carly, but yeah. But, 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 it, but, it, but it's not weird because, as I said at the very beginning, just to remind people, check out Carly's work. Once they see it, they're going to understand. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Some pieces make people cry and, you know. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's unbelievable. You want to move people. I want to move people. And so, yeah, I, le- I left uh, the whole thing with lockdown. I was like, right, I've got to... So I got out there on my socials. I put my work out there. And I started selling all over the world. My Instagram followed, yeah. grew and grew and grew. And then I've got, you know, Australia, you know, all over America, New York, Texas, California. I'm not surprised. So, you know, it just started to grow and grow. And it, something became alive again for me. It took me some time, you know. I it was into, almost institutionalized by what... Yes, again, again, it, and it had taken me a really long time to really break let, that, break that. But then I did, and the clients, you know, you can have direct access to your clients. Yes, you get their experience of your yes. work, and you get to really see the difference that it makes in people's lives. Because it does art, whatever form of art it is, which actually leads me nicely into something that's happening in the future for you. But art really but be it music be, be it sound be it you know visual even f- touch mm. it has a profound effect on us the the artist's job is to go into the abyss and bring yeah. something back for everyone else it and and it really like, i feel that yeah in that regard of, of the consciousness exploration yeah know, we're on the front line and and that's why the thing is, when you're in front of a canvas, you know that you're the creator of your world. Yeah. Right. The, the job of the artist is to realize that's also their life too. Yeah. That you, you can, if you can work on your stuff and through the, the places that you feel limited and like there's no potential because of all these ideas and con- your concept of self, if you if you can really do the work to to move through that, to yeah. make peace with that, as yeah. challenging as it can be, and and account for the fact you're going to fall backwards, and it's never, you know, or if you can really do that work, you can start to realise that life is your canvas. Yes, it is, it is, and and for people that aren't, and I cannot paint, 
Um, well, I can paint. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe I can then. I mean, exactly. If I after can. hearing you say that, maybe I can. I mean, if, if you if you say that you couldn't and you do what you do oh, now. It, was, it wasn't great, yeah. But at this moment in time, <laughs> Ella definitely cannot produce what you can. <laughs> but I do have this mind that just... It, it just joins dots together and ideas and, you know, creativity and artistry Life is in creativity. here. Yes. Everything is creative. Every act yeah. is, is creative. No yeah. matter what you're doing, no matter what you're involved with, the way you pick up a cup of tea, there's, there's it's uniquely you. Yes. You know? Yes. You do everything. That's that, that, that makes me think of Tracy Emin. Love, yeah. yeah, because she really had a different take on... Well, she's the first, as I was growing up and as you were, actually, we would have been in roughly the same age. And I just remember seeing Tracy Emin and thinking, I don't get it. And then listening to her talk and thinking, oh, now I get it. Yeah. Her voice put so much meaning onto the work that she yeah. was doing for me. And yeah. then and then it took a life of its own. And then it did. And I think that's when you, like, I promise you, nobody here is an accident. No. Nobody is an accident. No, Tracy Emin's ph- phenomenal as a woman, isn't she? She's Yeah, she's absolutely phenomenal. And what she did and what you're doing and what is, is there is a fundamental reason you're here. And, and you know, for me, it's, like I said, the deeply felt but unnameable experience of being alive. That can go in all directions. It was in the way I edited. It was in the way I, I interact with people. It was in the way I coach and it's in the way I make art. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter what you're doing. Yeah. It's where you're coming from, like the roots. Yeah. And the branches and everything that come off it is the expression and that can go in any direction. Yes. People are so focused on the end result. Let's get to what's really there in you. Yes. Let's find what's in you. Yes. And people often get stuck in, especially young people in, but I don't know what I want to do. And it's like, well. You don't have to. You don't have to. That. you're living proof of that by the way thank you you know what confusion is is confusion is not knowing and thinking you should yes you're right you're right and what you've done is you've followed you've followed a path but you've kind of we keep going back to the feeling you felt something and you followed the feeling got to be brave you've got to be brave and well yeah I mean for you to be you know with concord and then go actually I want I want a different structure here yeah feel it do it and then bring it to the table. And bring it to the table. And that's what your art is as well, isn't it? And that's that's what the art is. You are the art. Yeah, oh yeah, I guess. Well, I'm not I would say no, see, because I feel like something comes through me when I paint. And I feel like I'm the tool. I'm like the brush. I'm not in charge of it. I, I'm connecting to something. And of course there's um structure to it. I've got to make a figure, but what the process, something is something beyond me is travelling through. And that's what people, but it's, yeah. I get that it's my filter that it's coming through. Yeah. And I get that it's my access to it. Yeah. But I'm, I'm linking, when you put a piece of my art on your wall, you're not buying a piece of art, you're buying an experience. Yes, you, yes. And that does lead us on to the next part. But I've got to just say before we go to that. Okay. Right. I know what you're saying, but I see you as the art. Like if I was to watch you, you know, having a coffee somewhere mm. and I was to watch you interacting, to me, that's the art. I see what you're saying. You see you see what I mean? Like okay. that, that's why I love what I do. That's why I said to you, it's the greatest privilege because it's like the art is that unconscious behavior. That's why I love people watching. They yeah. don't even know that they're pieces of art in that moment. It's captured in my mind through my lens. Yeah. We're all pieces of art. Yeah. In truth. Yeah. Okay. We're all... We're all we just forget we get caught up in the past and we're worrying about the future yeah and actually the, what there is to, is to be 
here with what's so right now. And and people use the the term. I always bring it back to sex. People use the term making love yes. as though it's a physical act. And actually, making love sometimes is spending time with someone and being so moved by that person that you feel nothing but love in that moment. And and it may not last forever, but yeah. in that moment, it's the most amount of it's, love. It's intimacy. It's intimacy. Yeah. And intimacy comes in many forms. It does. Yeah. And it can be very alive. It's very alive, and it's very in the moment. Yes. You can't predict it, and you can't right. create it. It's just there. Right. Exactly. But on this, on this, on this, because this is so exciting. So before Carly got here today, she was like, "Oh, I need to just like inform you of some work I'm doing in the future." And yeah, you sent me Mark a few messages, yeah. Mark Moreau. Now, I um, I was like, "Yeah, I'll just have a little look through before you got there." And then I, I had it was this a bombardment of, but, but but it was a bombardment. But I tell you what, I started to read them and um. I can't say this, I get this all the time because I, I don't, but I was looking at a video that you sent, which we'll, we'll talk about, and I was reading about Mark and I was just like, this is this is something really special. Yeah, it's going to be huge when we... It's going to be huge. It's so special. I'm going to build this up because as I read um, some some messages and I was reading about Mark and what Mark's done previously and what Mark's done with art and what you'll be doing with him... Yeah. I had watched the video first and I had to go back and watch the video again and then I watched it again and I was just like it makes me cry it makes yeah. me cry and so he's incredible so are you like the, the, so so explain this future project please so Mark Moreau is a, a, a gentleman that I met through Washington Green he was working with an artist called Scarlett Rayburn. yes and he used to be a manager at Island Records yes he had Bob Marley you two on their book yeah He'd also managed um, Richard Ashcroft. Richard Ashcroft, and also God, who else did he manage? Jesse J. Thank you. Yes, I like the Ella Henderson. Comment. There you go. These are the comment. These are the the more um, the names now, but also I mean he Shakespeare's he sister, Shakespeare's sister, Della Soul, my favorite hip hop group of Nine all time. Nine Inch NWA. Thank you. All these huge names. He, he managed them all, but he wasn't your typical manager. He he was he he'd gone and then he'd done an art. Degree. Yes, he had. It. He said it was either art or music. Yes, and he had to make a choice. Yeah, but even within that, when he chose music, he was creatively involved in everything. Yes, absolutely everything. And he Every merged, aspect. but he merged yeah, Island Records yeah. with with was it um, Motown and Mercury? Yeah, that's right. I'm and then he yeah. he he says, sorry to to you cut don't. you off there. He says that he got because it became so big, like the one of the if not the biggest label in the world. Right. I think it was. It, it, I can't remember the is it mca something like that yeah. it became one of the biggest record labels of the world he got so far away from the artist that he left he left he yeah, left and that's what i appreciate about him yeah it was ultimately about being an artist yeah and it and it was about creativity yeah and what was possible with creativity and that's when he set up the label where he was working with richard ashcroft yeah. of the verve and, and jesse J and ella henderson and um and the other girl which will come to me in a minute she's very massive right now Big name. Um, I can't remember. I will remember, and I'll say it before we finish. But yeah, so he's he's involved in in and then and she then was doing all of that. Scarlett comes along, and she says, "Can we do something together?" And he's like, "Well, I'm not completely sure what, but let me think." And then and then the op- opportunity, I'm not quite sure how, in his world of augmented reality, comes along, and he was one of the pioneers, actually, yeah, of augmented reality, yeah. And um, she'd done some wonderful poppy paintings. That's right. So they took the World War One. 
Yes. And they did these amazing pieces of art, incredible pieces. Martin Luther King yeah. section at Liverpool and yeah. all Manchester yeah, and were, Belfast. Yeah, all these museums. Yeah. They, they got around, they, they were taking their work around these incredible museums in the UK doing shows. They were selling for 35k a painting. Wow. Um, yeah. And, and he brings so much insight and depth. Yeah. Um, Yes, I mean that video that that you show me is not yeah. So he basically creates. So what I do with the augmented reality is every paint, and we've been working on this for almost two years. Wow! And I've only got four or five paintings. We need to like we're we're picking up the pace now. Yeah. But I had I had not long left my publishers, and I needed to make a to go back a bit. I needed to make a living, so I needed to make paintings that were just for sale. Yes. Alongside this big project. Yes. Which is partly why it's taken so long. So long, and now it's kicked off more I can give more time to it but, but it's real magic I mean but the but the work involved yeah so every brush stroke I have to stop and take a photo every photo photo every brush stroke yeah I mean occasionally you're just like okay <laughs> <laughs> like, throw the paint at the camera. <laughs> like, I'm just gonna you know I know that whole area needs to be yellow I'm just gonna quit you know yeah and then, and then Mark would be like ah you know but he, actually he's great but like He's very understanding. So this is long work. So this is long work. And you've got it a bit like in here. You've got to have all the lighting. Yeah. You've, you've got to have all the windows closed. Yeah. So I had to get used to not working in natural daylight, which wow. I love. Wow. And so, uh, you know, it was a lot to get used to. Yeah. Um, But I did. And also we brought different technologies in that didn't always work straight away. And we have to try new things. And then, yes. And then it would break down and, you know, oh, and then event, and then one time I got my son in to press the button for me because and, and he got really fed up with me. I was like, I'll give you some chocolate. Just, like, do it. Yeah. <laughs> Bribery you gets know, you, you everywhere. Go on the iPad because I like to keep him away from that. You know, yeah, yeah. Are very different after they've been on iPad. Anyway, so fine. And then he came to visit. So he he's he's off following lots of other wonderful creative paths and he's got big projects underway separately from me he's yeah. got lots going on he's yeah. an incredible human being he's very straight talking and i love that about him yeah me too and he'll call bullshit and i love it I love it but he does it in a way that is you don't feel attacked yeah oh that's that's a skill uh, well i think it's because he's had to deal with like all these different of views, course you know. i mean they're the biggest names ever. Yeah, and he's had to let them know when things weren't working and stuff like that. So, so he's very good at doing that. Anyway, part of it is you make the main painting, but then you do all this background imagery. Yeah. And I, because I cannot climb up, usually you'd have the, the canvas flat on the floor. You'd have a camera. I couldn't do it that way. So we had to have the camera like there. Yeah. And then you've got the canvas there. That limits what you can do because you can't leave, say, with Scarlett, she would take pictures of um, World War One people. You know, yes. Sort of, and then she'd put it on the canvas and move it around. Got but yeah. of course, it's going to drop down because, you know. Yeah. So he came and visited and he just set up a thing on my desk just for that. He was like, we'll just sort this out. You, yes. You need to get on with it now, Carly. Yes. Like, you just need to get on with it. Otherwise, we're not going to do the project, basically. So he set it all up for me to do on my phone. I now upload it to a OneDrive and I have gotten incredible, probably what it would have taken me a year, I got done in two weeks and it was incredible. And I took these photos, because I'll just follow my nose, of, you know, both found and through family of um, people through, back, right back when photos were first taken, right? Wow. So all the way back. And then I, I put them on like green paper so he can play with them. But then I also put colors on them. I then started dissolving the faces away, 
on them and I'm taking the shots. And I was just so moved by all these lives were so significant. They meant so much and they're not here anymore. They're not here. It goes so fast. It goes so fast. And the chances of us being here, not only like statistically, but also, you know, your parents meeting, let alone them both being alive in order to meet and like It's a miracle. It's absolutely shocking. The the, the the things when you think about the lot it's impossible we won the lottery yeah like, we, we have we, we have we won. have it's it a miracle I, I think when you start thinking about the science the chances the statistics it, your brain can't even you can't process yeah. it it's it's the chances of us being here when the, all the humans that could possibly have been and yet here we are and it's thanks to our ancestors and from that point of view I feel like to a degree, and this is just my point of view, we have a responsibility to them. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Responsibilities for the fact that we get to be here alive right now. I I agree entirely from so many different angles. You can have that conversation, you know, to being grateful, but also just the the, the epigenetics, the genetic expression, you know. Oh, epigenetic, yeah. What a field. And everything, everything's so magical. Everything is, but... But until you know that, you don't know that. Correct. You've got to, you can't go around the storm. You've got to go into the. Yeah, you do. Storm. And it's only you can. Only, I, I truly believe. I'm glad you said that because I truly believe that you cannot feel the magic without feeling deep pain. There is darkness in my work. Yeah. There has to be, and all yeah. of there to be light. There is a longing that you have. You've that's got to, where you feel it. It's human experience. Yeah. This is you know. So so with Mark, to take it back to him a moment, he was just really keen on. What could be felt beyond the painting? Yeah. What could one experience that is not normally possible through looking at a painting on a wall? Yeah. And whilst I may be someone that has had people cry in front of my work, it's not an easy, not that I'm looking for people to cry, but you want an experience, you want them to embody an experience. You want them to feel. They want to feel. You know, I love Bruce Springsteen. I've seen him all over the world and I I come away and I'm a different person at least for a little while. Yeah. Off the back of his visionary approach to music if you're listening bruce Bruce, give her a call he waved at me once (laughs) did he yeah i was like seven i'm pretty sure i'm not making this up (laughs) (laughs) i can't guarantee that i'm not being honest but um you know what it's like (laughs) i can't guarantee this isn't just in my head but i'm gonna believe it anyway i think i was like seven or eight and i went to a concert and i couldn't see so they let me stand up on some steps so i stood out and i'm pretty sure he waved i'm pretty sure he did Bruce, he'll definitely be in touch after this. Take her out <laughs> for lunch. Imagine? Life would be so surreal if Bruce Springsteen showed up. Crying. Well, you never know who's listening. You never know. Bruce, though, without going off on a tangent, what a man. What a guy. What a guy. Like the, he, he, I mean, <laughs> is there much you can say without just saying what a guy? Like, when, he, when, he, when he leaves this planet, honestly. Like, the legacy of just... Oh, like, my God. Th- that's what you were saying, though. These, these, these people. His music. When you really listen to the words, yes, they are really exploring what it is to be human. Yeah, at a very fundamental level. Yeah, yeah, it's deeply relatable. Yeah, and it's and it can be dark actually, but it's all part of it. It's 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 the mind that makes these things wrong, good or bad. Yeah, yeah there you're is right. no good or bad. It's just the experience you're having. Yes. You well, look, this was a lot of the, the the conversation with Daniel Hooper, who both you and I know, is that yeah, and a lot of what I was saying to him was about light and dark. And that's why, yeah, that's why he's so powerful because he does have these beautiful florals, 
you know and then he has this real dark yeah 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 yeah. really really powerful but that's you as well you know that's why people resonate yeah and what i think this working is going to allow me to do is bring out a little bit more of all the facets even more even more so i just i want people to feel alive when they're with my work yeah and they you do have that feeling already i've got to say well when people have my work on their wall like I said, it's, it's an experience. What they're actually meeting with it is a part of themselves that they've forgotten. Yes. Oh, God, that's so beautiful. Yeah. And it's so true. And Yes, it's and so, when, very true. When I talk to people before they buy it, you know, you can explain it to people till the guys come home, but and they and they go, right, I'm going to buy, and they buy, and then they message you, and they're like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally oh, get I it. I didn't know what I was getting. And I'm like, well, I did. Trying and I and I don't feel egotistical about it because, like I told you, my my experience of it is that I am no more important in a way than the paintbrush. Yeah, you're right. I'm yeah, traveling, something's traveling through me. You can't help. It's like a spiritual experience. You can't help it. Yeah, it's, and and whoosh. I feel like you know, if it doesn't come through me, it will come through someone else. It's impersonal. You know, it's really impersonal, and and I feel like it's come to me. It's chosen me. It's knocked on my door, and I've got a responsibility. I feel really strongly about that. I feel really really i have a responsibility to support people in finding their own freedom yeah oh my gosh that's beautiful that is and and that comes from your the start of your life was very in between life and death it was and so from that point just because I really want to that that what you've said there is so important that point of your your beginning here on earth is then the fight to be included to fit in to be let in to be taken seriously and for you to be able to say actually my responsibility is to help other people discover their own freedom it's just it's just so profound Carly isn't it I mean, I guess so. It's just where I... It's it's your, I but you can't feel that no, as cause much. It, cause it, because it's just where I'm coming from. Yeah. And and I've done the work around being like... I mean, I, I'm not saying it doesn't pop up, but I've done the work around trying to be let in. Because, look, like, there's there's different versions of success. Some people yeah. don't want to make millions of pounds. Yeah. Some people just want to be accepted by their family. Yeah. The whole world loves them, but in the, they're not a prophet in their own home. Yeah, you're right. You know? Some people want respect... Uh, my my idea of success was to be let in. Now that is not alive. That is based on a past experience. So the, the job at hand is to ask yourself in response to what you just said, not what am I fighting against, but what am I for? Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. What are you for? Yeah, what's the purpose? What's the purpose? What are that's you where for? people are lost when they don't know what their purpose is. No, and it's okay not to know confusion is not knowing and thinking you should yeah you're right it's okay not to know we are meaning making machines yeah it's not the situation we're having a problem with it's the thoughts about the situation it's the labels that have been applied to those memories that are blocking it i think and those thoughts like i said they're not even us they're our parents yeah 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 all of that it's the matrix it's the matrix yeah and i think what i want to do with mark is really explode that out and mark wants to too and mark you know Together we're a team. Like he's incredible. He's he's so grounded and he's so articulate, um, and he he wants to experiment. He wants to see what we can make, and he gets where I'm coming from. He's a true artist as well. He's an absolute true artist. Yeah. Although 
okay, it was music. It the creativity involved. Yeah, for him was huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those artists that, like I said, Della Soul, Public Enemy, I believe, was one of them as well. These were groundbreaking artists. He was visionary. Exactly. To find, he wanted the standard to. Yeah. Because they already had the Bob Marley and the two on the books, which he wasn't managing as such, but they were in the company. He wanted to find new, fresh energy that was going to align with. And he did. I mean, he really that that they were they were culture changing people. Yeah, they they shifted people's consciousness. They did. They did. And that's, I mean, as soon as I saw those messages, you know, because we wanted to include Mark. And your project in the the podcast, I was like, I have to speak to this man. I've got to have to interview. I mean, he might say no. I would be willing to travel. I would love to. to More so because he, you see, I and I'm going to be completely honest. I didn't know his name before you mentioned him today. He's not a social media guy. He's not a social media guy. He's on. He's on. um, He's on uh, Instagram, but it's not a big. It's not a big thing. It's not. It's not. It's not a big name on there. It's not loads of followers because it's not his thing. It's, but it's... the gift is in his story. Yes. And actually, you you say everyone's got to have a story, and actually, it's out that that consciousness. That's how we connect. So as I was looking at what he's achieved and that vision that he created and that profound effect that he's had on the culture right. I was like people will really get a lot from listening to oh, oh, if, yeah. if nobody else does I will yeah because he's been through so and and what I love about him and what you know I remember when I met him at Washington Green and he played me one of the because what what's going to happen just for clarity yeah is w- with what we're doing is when you're in front of one of my paintings yes please explain yeah, yeah. otherwise there's a missing component yeah yeah like, yeah, what, yeah. Uh, what does this mean you'll hold up you'll have a headset put on and it's important to explain this bit. And you'll have uh, an iPad or something, and and suddenly the you'll hold it up, and the painting will start moving, and it, there'll be music, and it will tell a story. Yeah. And that all sounds lovely, but when you're but the power of music, because my brother works in music, he's oh, a wow. really big player in the in the field of um, creating products for like a lot of producers use his his technology. Wow, he's, amazing! He's a really big name in his field. Yeah. Wow. And so I really understand, and he. To me, I know I'm jumping around, my brain does. Mine too, so we're yeah. good. He is reaching into the deeply felt, and it reminds me of my deeply felt. In art. Yes. It's hard to explain, but his is music. Yeah. And he runs Slate and Ash, and is he's gone to parties in New York, and people have been like, oh my God, you're from Slate and Ash. You're Ash, Simon So Ash he's got from, that, like, again, cultural. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, he's he's uh he's been very successful and he didn't go to college and had a you know and love that by the way I didn't I learned to walk because of him because I'd gone to a special needs school where people generally were a lot more disabled than me there was no motivation to learn to walk yeah so I was like five years old and he was basically trying to walk to whatever he was and he was getting a lot of attention for it and I thought that's interesting so there's video footage of him toddling along and me in the background holding on to like tables and stuff, trying to walk because he was getting this attention for walking. So wow. it's because of him that I learned to walk. Yeah, That I, is I, I'm sure amazing. I, I would have done eventually, but yeah. But it just, well, he, he motivated I was, you. I had no motivation. There were the, the context I was in was I was more able-bodied than most of the people there. Yes. So there was no need. Oh my gosh. I mean, there's, there's just so much to you. Yeah. And we haven't even really peeled back any layers yet. I mean, I know we have, but I you know there's my something. Brother too. He's got a whole. Get him on. Yeah, no, he's got his Get own. him on. He's I'll have your old family on. Yeah. He's, he's got his <laughs> own. He's got, yeah, two kids and stuff and a lot, you know, but he's he, he's he been 
unbelievable. I mean, his company, not that it's about, but he's worth millions. I mean, really, really. Which, but but the, the, the story, even before we know much about your brother there, and, and it's inspiring to hear these little elements of, yeah. you know, these extra elements is that he didn't go to college. No, you know, there's not that classic. He didn't go to uni. He didn't go to a year at college and then left, I think. And yeah. then went off and did something phenomenal all by himself. And that he shows you, yeah, yeah, he should do the work. Do the work, not only on himself, but also he went out and he met people. Yeah. And what he did, which is what I struggled with, you know, when I was faced with opportunities that were seemed safe, I would take them because I would listen to my dad's thoughts. Yes, whereas he was more sort of wild and yeah, free. Yeah, yeah, and he was willing to to, to trust the process a lot more. I love and that. He, you know, he's met with Bjork. He's done. You know, he's he's done all sorts. Yeah. Yeah. See, that was a mouth open for the people listening. Yeah, my yeah. jaw dropped then. Yeah, I don't think they ended up working together. Maybe they, they were still one day. was in the presence of this great yeah. human. Yeah, exactly. Which was wonderful and. He he's he's done all sorts and he's met all you know he's met some big names in in the world of music and his his he basically makes I don't know what you'd call that but like in like technical yeah that's like a, a so we're pointing towards the deck that the sound deck where we record so it's like these boxes basically and they they make these incredible signs so they can add it to the studio yeah, but, and bring he gets he get he travels around the world getting musicians to play for him. Uh, to to go into the technology and and it's within the world of that world he's really well known because the the quality of what they're making and I never really understood what he was doing I never really and then one day he sent me a, a video of like an advertisement for what they do and I listened to it and the, and then the, the quality of the music was so moving and what you could do with it the the, the fact that you know, you know, it's not cheap stuff to buy, but all these people all over the world could buy this product and make something so individual out of what he was offering. You're not going to sound like anyone else with his product, you know? Yes. I just was, I moved to tears by what he was able to create and the power of it. Yeah, it's amazing that you both have that effect on people. Like he had that effect on that you, is. and yeah. but you've both got there is something. He said to me, I mean, his compliment on me is, "I really like the way you draw hair." <laughs> <laughs> Not a man of words, then. I like the way you draw hair. Yeah. But no, generally, you know, he's he's done coaching as well. Wow, he's he's um yeah he's I I look to him for vision quite a lot. I will rig him and be like, look, you know, I'm struggling with this. What do you think? And he'll sometimes leave me jaw dropped and I'm in the studio and I'm ringing for a nice chat and then I can't do any work for the rest of the day because he's literally just gone boom yeah and he's dropped into something that I've not processed or something. like and he hasn't meant to we're just having a nice chat that's so I mean again so much power in in your in your experiences even just with your brother there that 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 there's so much energy yeah but actually, this is what the next phase is all about with the with the combination of the art and the sound. The, it's hard to put into words, but the power of music. Yeah. To if you watch any horror film, yes, or any romance film, or anything moving, the you know even when you listen to podcasts, when they yeah. put that music over, yeah, what someone's showing a profound, yeah, the shift that's created because there's this beautiful bit, bit, bit of music, music yeah. It. The, what, and there's a part of the brain, and this is where I don't know the science, but I understand the basics, is that there's a part of the brain that only really gets access through music. Music, yeah, yeah. It's an incredible source for transformation. Yes. Incredible. It is. And and, and I think that's why um, 
we were talking about sound bowls and sound baths earlier, you know, how the brain resonates with that sound that you can't, um, you can't science it up too much. You have to experience it. I think that's, we can only point in this conversation. Yes, we can. Yeah. Yeah, But the mere fact that I can sit here and go contextually, we can only point is, is, is helpful because it helps direct people a little bit. It does be that clear about it. Yeah, it does. But, but, But ultimately you want, I hate the word, but, and ultimately you want, an experience and so like going back when I'm sitting in my studio painting and I'm listening to your podcast and maybe the other rooms are too because I've got you on really loud in my studio (laughs) while I'm doing my augmented reality or whatever I'm doing and these people that you're interviewing from such different walks of life yeah that that, that I'm seeing myself in them yes you know is a it's so powerful yeah especially I mean especially coming from you I mean I say that to everybody, I suppose, because I see so much beauty in so many people. And then when they share something like that with me, it's like, wow, like. But what else is there to do? Like you're live like, and it may change. Like the, the thing is with living from vision, which is living from a life not based on your past. Yeah. But based on what, you, what you're for. Yeah. Um, which is a journey to get to and actually involves really embracing and looking at your past. Yes. And being responsible for it. Yeah. And actually going backwards to go forward. Yeah. When you can actually do all, all of that, it. what else is there to do? I mean, what, like, damn, we're going to die. What else is exactly. there to do? Exactly. It's the journey to death and what you do along that journey will ultimately decide how you feel on that last breath. Make death your ally. Yeah, definitely. Because suddenly life gets very sharper when you realise how close it is actually and that's why I referenced earlier the bit where I had had the general anesthetic in it and I realized it didn't matter that I wasn't here yeah all of a sudden that made me want to live more like it won't matter in the end in the end it honestly won't matter in about four generations no one will know who you are yeah it won't matter it won't won't, what matters is now and you can look at that like I think what happens sometimes to people is when they realize when I realized that I didn't I could let go of the fight to be let in what what I got was uh, imagine like my coach was saying imagine just you've been letting Kylie it's done you've been letting like that's it now you're in I, I mean I've been letting left right and center if I'm being honest yeah yeah but like but really, accept that you've been let in what's left and I went to like this sense of a void first of all of what's the point and he was like you're in what's the point now Kylie yeah that's not you know what what's beyond it is actually just freedom to be yes freedom to be exactly as you are in that moment people want people what they're fundamentally looking for is a couple of things freedom to be which and feeling seen being seen and being heard or both the same thing really I think is I talked about breath being a life force but I think really if you're breathing but you don't feel seen that's where the pain really yeah but actually that's ego as well yeah it is and if you see yourself and feel yourself mm. and understand that you don't have to know all the answers you've just got to be it's trusting that trusting, trusting yourself, it which i think it's also owning if you don't trust yourself owning like let's not jump to trusting yourself let's deal with you where accountability you are for where you are yeah because that's where your freedom lay and wherever that is like do you know what? I say this all the time, to people all the time. Why do you think it's not okay to be, you know, what you perceive to be not enough? Why do you think that's not okay? Like, yeah. really work it out. And what you said earlier, you said something about, well, it 
you know, most people really, the fear is being rejected. And I think the the reason that that's difficult and painful for people is because if they're rejected in, in a very, again, go back to the survival, in a very primitive way, if you're rejected, you're at the back of the pack. If you're at the back of the pack, you're going to be caught first by the predator. And you're going to die. And you're going to die. And it goes back to that. And that's why when you said make death your ally, it makes so much sense. Like, don't worry about death. Worry about life. Exactly. And to do that, you need to make death your ally. Yeah, you do. The only way to do it, really. And and I I just I I feel so strongly about what's possible beyond the story. Yes. Like living beyond the story, living, having a story, but not coming from the story into the story. Yeah. Coming from a space of connection, and then dealing like you've got like you're in life. You you've got you've got you've got a deck of cards. You've got your you're on the monopoly board. You're you're in the game. Yeah. You're in the game of life. You've been let in. You've been let in. You've got, you've got to play the game. So yeah. play the game, but where are you going to play the game from? Yeah. That's the main thing. And the other big thing I had to deal with was being um, a self-appointed sheriff. That was another big thing for me. I will chase you down the road if I think you're wrong. That's yes. Because from coming from a background where I remember my mum would have to come into school because they couldn't get me out of the toilets because I'd locked myself in the toilets because when I went to the secondary school, there was a special needs unit attached called the unit and there was loads of things you weren't allowed to do that the other children were allowed to do and I just got so angry and she'd come into school and I realised when I'm going along on my scooter through central London at eight miles an hour on my mobility (laughs) and someone's getting cross with me and then I'm telling them like, I'm allowed, I'm legally allowed. Yeah. I'm not really talking to them. I'm talking to the the lady back when I was 15 years old telling me that I couldn't go to my friend's yes. house at lunchtime. Yes, and it And and yeah, I was just self-appointed sheriff because everybody to a degree is righteous. Everybody thinks they're right. The difference between me and a lot of people is I need to let you know you're wrong. Yeah. You know? Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And seeing that just allowed me, what would happen is, and the problem would also be, which complicated matters is occasionally quite often I'd be right in what I was seeing. Yeah. 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 But the, but the distinction here is, do I have a choice when I, when I'm in that moment of something. So there was a, there was a guy that lived near us and he was a a drug dealer. He had his ankle bracelet and whatever. And I remember like, uh, he was dating one of the daughters of this. Anyway, I went around the mum's house. I was like, your son, the dealing, I don't want it nearby. Like I just go straight. Yeah. And then, so when he used to see me walking down the street, he would just start, like, and he's been done for GBH, all sorts. He would stand there glaring at me, and I'd just stop and go, I'm, I'm, re- I'm ready. Like, my energy is like, <laughs> and you could literally knock me even by going like that, but my energy is like, I'm ready for a fight. Like, yeah. I will not be told no. Yeah. I can feel the energy of it coming up. Yeah, I can feel it. But the, but the thing is with that is having a choice. Yes. And being able to either choose to come from reaction mm. or choose not to. Because mm-hmm. some causes are worth fighting. And some aren't. And some aren't. And know when you're coming from a dead energy, past energy. In, and, and, and as I share these experiences, so maybe someone's driven badly in the road and almost run me over. And I've, because it's London, nobody ever really gets that far ahead. And I've chased them down and I've knocked on their window and gone, what are you doing? To, to in that moment get oh my goodness it's not about you yes it's not about you and yeah. get like literally as like it's the experience that has you change your behavior yes 
you've got to start by looking just start by looking you're not going to get the experience straight away no you're not you have to repeat 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 until you're ready to learn oh you feel like it goes on forever you do at the time it just feels never ending but you know there's I can resonate so so much with that and I said this to someone on a on a session the other day a lady who uh, got into quite a dangerous situation where she confronted somebody who was being a problem and she was like, I don't know why I do this. Because if you were to meet her, you wouldn't think in a million years mm. that she would have that energy about her. She was ashamed of it. She said, I haven't really told anybody because they would worry too much and whatever. And she said, why do I do it, Ella? And I said, I think it's because at some point in your life, you feel like you didn't matter. And nobody, or you felt like nobody listened. So now when there's a problem and you feel like no one's got your back, you're going to make them listen. You're going to make them listen. And you're not really dealing with that moment. You're dealing with appropriate yeah, for that moment. You're right. You're fighting the wrong fight, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's maladaptive. But you can't understand that until you, like you say, you have that experience. And then be willing to explore that experience. Explore it. And, and it gives, what it does is it gives you choices. Yes. I don't, I may, I may choose to let that person know they drove badly, but I may not. Like, I've got a choice. Yes, that's so powerful, it's that so, word. Yeah, the word choice, it unlocks a lot. Because you're not you're not coming from all the insecurities of the person anymore. Yeah, yeah. But it, it takes doing, doing the work. I'm going to be training as a coach, actually, soon. So I'm going to be, uh, because I'm not fully qualified in anything. And But you could actually do it already because you could say, I'm not fully qualified, but this is my life experience. This is my training. So I, I'll tell you briefly, I, I got invited by a guy called Will Pike, who also I think you'd love to interview. Yes, yes. He was in the Mumbai. I don't want to tell his story for him, so I'll keep it basic. Yeah. He was in the Mumbai bombings. He was in the hotel. Him and his girlfriend of at the time well, decided they, they they thought it was going to die. They decided to get all the bits of fabric and tie knots and climb out the window. They did a tug of war. They thought it would all be fine. He goes out first, and before you know it, he can hear the knots undoing. He wakes <sighs> up in hospital, paralyzed from the waist down. Yeah. So he's in his 20s. And so he does a lot of public speaking on disability yes. awareness because it was a shock for him to go from being able-bodied. Well, he's got both experiences, yeah. yeah. exactly. Um, and... Yeah, I love Will, and he's incredibly articulate, and he understands human experience too. Very, he's amazing. But he got me on. We were neighbours, and he invited me to be part of a disability task force. Yeah. Um. Usually, I'm not because I'm fighting to be let in. I don't really know disabled people. Yeah. I'm trying to, in honest, not be around many disabled people because I'm feeling like I'm trying to be let in by the rest of society. Yeah, exactly. But Will and I became really good friends and there's a consultancy agency called Hobbs Consultancy and they got me in and we did some great work. And then they contacted me and they said, look, we can see that you can offer so much more. One one trillion, trillion, trillion percent. Right. Could we take you on as a coach? Maybe you could do some consultancies in companies. They got me some public speaking work as well, but it was all around disability. But I'd always bring the other elements yes. in. So I had a meeting with them and they were like, right, we'll take you on. Um, if you could just send across your qualifications from, and the, and I have to have it with them because they've got it on their website that I can't remember what the qualification is exactly off the top of my head, but it's the co- governing coaches. Yeah. Anyway. ICH. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, so basically they couldn't take me on as a coach because yeah. of that. And I respect that, but it made me think, you know what, uh, why not train? And I looked at different options and some of them you can train in six months and I found one though that was a year's training and I wasn't going to do it because it was a year and you know I had my conversation about being behind yeah and all that. but actually I so resonated with them 
and they were like quite clear with me that they felt like possibly I wasn't going to learn that much new with them right and I said well no because you're going to be I I like the idea of going into corporations and businesses yes I don't understand that world yeah actually is this a like an executive coaching course yeah I think I know who it is with you saying it being a year because they're quite they're a good one yeah yeah well they were recommended yeah happy to say yeah who are they oh god it's gone out my head this is the thing with yeah you said about the name executive coaching I can't remember okay something I know who they are I know who they are we can't remember their name right now but I I know who they are yeah yeah and um I'll remember it later yeah um i think it's something like executive coaching kind of it is it is something like that i can't remember it's what it executive, is I, yeah is this word executive is in the title yeah they're brilliant the lady kate that i spoke to like just really fantastic i really resonated with them in a way that i didn't resonate with other yes so i'm gonna train with them and i'm gonna see where it takes me and i've got the work with mark as well and i i just i see a world opening up beyond including and transcending the artwork and um, I don't know what that looks like, and and I'm actually okay with not knowing what what that looks like. Yeah, that's alive. Yeah, and I'm just following my nose really. And just yeah, step ahead. So that training starts in April, and I'm looking forward to it. There's so much. What's interesting about what you've just said, when we look at the augmented reality stuff and and the work that you're going to do with with the coaching, there's so much in the future that's exciting. But I think what really matters about that is the intention and how the intention makes you feel alive now and not putting too much of an expectation on what happens next which is exactly what you've just said and I say that to people all the time they say I remember having this conversation with someone about my my own training which I'm doing through the complementary therapist association just because I have a complementary therapy clinic and I wanted to keep it all aligned for people that have an existing qualification and to teach them a, a method and I remember saying to someone, I'm, I'm doing this and I, I needed to do the business coaching certification alongside that so that I can business coach yes. the people that come through it so I can help them make money at the end of it. And someone said to me, but hello, because I was doing this podcast, and I was doing my own work and running the clinic. And they said, but you're doing too much. What if you die? And I was like, but I'll die yeah. knowing that, that this journey is so exciting. I'm feeling that excitement right. right now. It's alive. It's alive. So it doesn't matter what happens next. No. I'm alive now, thank it's you. A, yeah, if it doesn't come to fruition, fine. Because it's not, it's just... It's, it's about feeling alive. Yeah, it's about, and it's about when you are able to let go and move through and find peace with your past yes and the things that you've been through something else opens up and oh, aliveness so, yeah. and a connection to life that until you experience it you know and you're falling and out of it you know yeah you do yeah you know like i said there is no word that's a particular way there's a way of being in the world it, it's like suddenly life will just have things show up it's so funny, like the serendipity of life. Oh, we it's amazing. We don't need to make meaning out of the serendipity. It no, just it's is. just, a, yeah, it just is. You know, and it does suddenly life. I love that. It just is. It just is. And and things that you thought were unimaginable are suddenly your reality. Well, this is the augmented reality stuff. You mentioned adding the sound, but, but we must add just very quickly that you can use a phone or an iPad, right. hold it up to the painting with your headset on. Yeah. And that painting Come comes literally comes to life through an iPad yeah. or a phone yeah. and your headset. And you can move around it and it'll move with It will you. move with you. I can't, that in itself, even the thought of it, mm. 
again, brings me this whoosh yeah. feeling inside. Yeah. And it's exciting. And that's where everything is about what you feel now. It's the feeling in the body, not the thought of the mind. And that's why I love yeah. that analogy you used earlier about putting the mind in the passenger seat. Yeah. Observe it's it. It's there if you want it. It's there if you want yeah. it. Don't completely disconnect. Yeah. It's there with you. But yeah. really feel. So listen to the mind. Yeah. Feel. Yeah. And move with that. And move with that. And and know that that the me the way we get stuck is we have these thoughts and then we that we have these feelings and we combine them together. Yeah. You know, and the job is to see the thoughts and be with the feelings. Yeah, you're right. And like you say, it's the rainbow. The, the, they're separate, but it blends. But, but it blends together. And and I, I kind of want to remind people of their own humanness and their own humanity and their own their own inner god for one of them yes word, yeah 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 in, in the in the artwork yeah they, they are more you you are more powerful and incredible than you can possibly realize and and it, and we'll never know the extent truthfully of what we could be in no whilst we live but 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 we keep going and we 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 keep opening we keep opening to and it's only when we get that last moment on our deathbed even me will be like god i could have i'm sure i could have you know yeah because you're better to have failed, tried and failed. And it's such a cliche thing to say, but at least then you know. You no know, regrets. No regrets because it's so much worse. Yeah, it is. The, the never knowing, it's better to have failed, really. And there's there's beauty in failure, actually, because you learn so much more about yourself. You, failure is really important. It is, part yeah. part of the journey. Yeah. Look at all the different things I've been through and, and how I was taught I couldn't and wouldn't and, and et cetera. Yeah. But... But where would I be now? How would I be able to, if I'd lived, and not that that's bad either, because everyone's different, an ultra pleasant life. What, what I don't know if I'd be offering quite as much. Toxic perfectionism. Yes. Toxic perfectionism. It makes it too, if, if something's too perfect, then the, the smallest of things become a problem. Yes. Whereas when you go to the darkest of the dark, you find elements of yourself which actually are a life force. The shadow side. The shadow side, which is, again, Carl Jung. Yeah. You know, the shadow self, that collective shadow, the personal shadow, it's all necessary to pay attention it's, to. It's all necessary. And also it, it's it's about bringing it to light. It's yeah. about bringing the unconscious into consciousness and not making ourselves wrong for our experiences yeah. and how we feel about things yeah. but but to actually be with them and also applying that to your body as well yes. you know for you as a as a person that's considered disabled in this society yeah. um understanding that I, I remember talking to a girl about her body and she wasn't a big girl at all actually she was probably similar size to me and um I showed her a picture of a, of a girl sitting down in, in beautiful matching underwear yeah um and when she was sitting down, she had a little bit of a belly and there was some folds and stretch marks and cellulite and she looked beautiful. The only thing that wasn't um, completely natural was the fact that she had makeup on. Right. She'd done her hair and makeup, but the rest of her, she was pretty underwear, sitting with the natural folds of her skin and a bit of cellulite and cell, uh, stretch marks. And I said to this girl, look at this photo and tell me if you if you see the beauty. And she said, no, I don't. When I looked at that photo, I saw nothing but just the most gorgeous soft mm. you know I could imagine the touch of her skin and how she would feel to touch and I realized that I was admiring my own body yes and that moment was oh I've really you can't see that yet because you can't see your own body but you just saw from a, like what the work you'd done on yourself the work I did myself yeah. and I was like I get a high five myself in my head at that moment like yes. oh wow I'm really comfortable with my body and I didn't even know it until now 
Isn't that incredible? Yeah. And that's what you were saying about the art. You see yourself in the art. And I hadn't realized that I was really comfortable with my body. Now, don't get me wrong. You say you fall in and out of it. And there are moments when I go, oh, I wish I was a thinner. I wish I was. And then I'm like, oh, no, actually, I'm really comfortable with my body. Like, I don't care. It's just your mind coming in. Exactly. It's it's where the mind in the passenger seat has got into the driving seat again. Sometimes. Yeah. If you think you spend your whole life. With the, you know, there's there's a point when we we come into the world and it's just a mesh of experience. Yeah. But eventually, over time, we 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 create a me. Yeah. Over here, and it's it's almost like there's a little person living in our head. Yeah, it is. And we're looking out into the world, and it's this separate thing. And, yeah. And it's not proprioceptive. Like it doesn't know it's making it up. It doesn't understand, you know, that it's not like it, I don't know. A really good example might be if I was walking down the street and say somebody was looking at me. I might think, well, they're looking at my disability. I might yeah. be walking down the street, rivers in a buggy, a bit younger, say. And I might think, oh, they're looking at me because of my disability. That's what. That's why they're looking at me. And then I, I'm not, not part of it. I'm different. But, but in that woman's world, maybe she's lost a grandchild. Yes, you're the, so, so right. And she's so seeing right. the person in the buggy and me, yeah. and she's going, oh, wow. Yeah. And also maybe she is seeing the disability, but, the, but, but it doesn't matter. Well, she will do because I see it, but yeah, it doesn't mean I see it as me, less. But, no, but it's me making the meaning. Yeah, it's you making the meaning. Yeah. So I always say this about colour, about disability. Of course, if someone is disabled and they might have it, or even if they've got a birthmark on yeah. their face, you, know, you will see the disability. That in itself isn't the problem. It's exactly what the you relationship said. To it. It's the relationship. Yeah. I do not see a disability as a from my perspective as something that is less than me it's when someone sees you as less than themselves and in fact when they're doing that it's not that that you are less than them it's that they are insecure in themselves that's the truth that's the big that is the big and you've got to understand that when you are judging someone and you are putting them down in your mind and making them feel small it's because you feel small a part of you has come forward to protect your own victim yes. or your because you might have been bullied or you might have been made to feel like you're not enough. So a part comes out and says, I'm going to bully you now because that makes me feel powerful. Right. I'm going to look at you as though you're less than because that makes me feel powerful. Because it's bringing up an insecurity in you. That and you've not exactly. Right. And all they're doing is protecting their victim. Because yeah. they haven't, they haven't actually dealt dealt with the work. They haven't dealt with the work. They haven't done that little bit of, oh, actually, it's okay for, to be the victim. There's no shame in that. No, shame. They're carrying shame. shame. So if oh, I see, shame's such a big. It's the biggest know, Brené, one. Brené Brown. Yeah, exactly. So Brené, well, what a wonderful, you know, wonderful the, game changer yeah, she is. Yeah, and and again, but that's based on the shadows. That's based on yeah, Carl you, Jung. Yeah, you, it's so important to look at the shadow. It's and, so and important. I remember with my relationship with John. We did um, a Margot couples therapy. Yeah. Do it whether you've got problems or not. Why not? Because actually it's so deep just to really yeah. look at what's so, the closeness that gets formed off the back of that. Yeah. You know, just in whatever capacity. Yeah. Constellation workshops. I don't know yeah. if you've heard of those. Yes. Powerful. Powerful work. Even the stuff that's considered a bit woo-woo. Yes, is is very very Reiki crystals. Yes. These things that people go. Oh, Mordevite. Oh, yeah, Reiki. Yeah, I remember. Um, so I did my first constellation workshop, and then I wanted John to go along. And John is like the opposite of me. He's done a lot of work too, but he's very rational. Yes, he's so rational. You know that he doesn't believe in ghosts or this or that. Yeah, or whatever. Like he's. So I so said, go and do 
go and do a constellation workshop, John. And he was like, it sounds a bit woo-woo to me. (laughs) But he went, and he went as an issue holder, and he went along. But within that, you can go and you can be a representative. And I don't know how much people know about constellation work, but you basically are in a big circle. You take your issue. You don't share a lot about your issue, but the facilitator will pick people to represent the issues. It could be parents it often is but then it could be experiences like fear anger yeah all that stuff and then you get them to share the different parts and usually something gets exposed that wasn't known yes so the, the issue gets seen for what it really is yes in a way that you couldn't have comprehended yes and often there's an issue from 20 years ago that is causing the problem yes right now, and it all comes out it's like having your diary read yeah you know? all of this stuff is so again it goes to the parts work it goes to the shadows work it, it goes, goes to the unconscious it goes really deep. yeah so he went along and he represented somebody's um I don't know what it was, somebody's uh, brother and he was rocking backwards and forwards and he just, and, and apparently they'd wanted to commit suicide or something. That's what had happened. Wow. And they had been rocking and he was there play, and he was, he came back and he went, okay. He got it. This is, and he's, he's been doing it since. Wow. And he's, he's also uh, quite gifted in that way. And yeah. then he would downplay it in a way. Whereas my brother's like, let's go out there, let's do it. Yeah. John's a bit more reserved. But he's he's very skilled in many areas. Self protection, though, probably. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to talk on behalf of John because that's his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know his world, but yeah, we're we're the opposites of each yes. other. Yes. And so yeah, he's much more kind of um, structured, and you know. Yeah. Will take his time over showing his emotions. You know all of those things. Yeah. Whereas I'm a bit more. Let's let it out. Yeah. No. So yeah, but we're we're a good yin yang for each other. Well, it's essential, isn't it? It's so essential. And then rivers, I feel like I learn so much from him. You know, I'm here to teach him the basics of life, but sometimes he comes out with things, and I'm just I'm I'm why they humble you, don't they? They do because there's that poem I can't remember who it's by, but it's called You Can Look It Up Online. Anyone, your children are not your children. I love that. You know it. Yeah, I don't. I can't. I couldn't say it word for word, but I remember seeing it once, and it resonated so highly with me. It's like they live in the house of tomorrow, which you cannot visit, not even in your dreams. I mean, gosh. Yeah. I always say my daughter is from my body, but she's a gift, and she will leave. She doesn't own you. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're just here to guide. That's right. You know, and something in the poem goes: "Life doesn't borrow for yesterday." And it it is something something along the lines of the child is the the bow and you are the no the the, the child is the arrow and yeah, you are the bow that's and, right and and God loves both type yes thing is yeah the essence of it but yeah. it's, it's about me letting the letting child go, go forward in, which is what constellation work yeah all it's about. all about that yeah because children they need their parents for protection they need their parents for um for safety they keep psychological emotional safety yeah and sense of self and and so they will forgo themselves for their parents they will they'll abandon themselves and and what and i think a lot of uh, when people are lost as adults for many different reasons so i think a lot of it is um self little 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 by bit from the beginning self-betrayal self-betrayal it is it is all that little self-betrayals yeah growing up it is we we portray ourselves yes we do and I think we do that because we're trying to make sense of what's going on around us and we haven't got the capacity to do that yet so that's right so without that development we have to abandon a part of ourselves to make sense of it so in other words 
um, for example, my parents are shouting, it's probably because of me. Maybe yeah. they wouldn't be like this if it wasn't it for me. Wasn't. There's no more complexity than that. No. But that thought gets embedded if it's repeated. And it, and if, and it, it really impacts. It does. It does. It does. And it, it really does. And it leads to all kinds of things. It leads to like, uh, you know, all kinds of mental unwellness. Escapism. Escapism. Uh, yes, escapism. I mean, you will know you've, you've worked with so many people. They're all escaping they're, they're all escaping the part of themselves that they don't even know they're holding responsible for something that wasn't their fault. Yeah, and that's so powerful. Mm. Can you say that again? Because I think it's worth repeating. I think yeah. it's so powerful. I, I And I do tell people this a lot, which is everybody is trying to escape a part of themselves that they hold responsible for something that was never their fault. Bang. Yeah. 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 And And we don't know we're doing it. No, it's, we don't. Let's, let's, it's automatic. It's automatic. It's and and it starts with a, you know, a feeling maybe of incompleteness. Let's start at the beginning. You don't know why. You just don't feel right. Yeah. You just you know, and it comes out in the way you move and the way you talk and the way you hold yourself. Yeah. You know, and you just have to start at the beginning. Like, you have to go all the way. And and, and this is where uh, the episode with Emily Worley about. Um, you know the birth experience yes, and as I you referenced that. earlier yeah yes. she's she's amazing but all the nervous system trauma yeah. and all of the sort of as you mentioned the cranial so, stuff like she's great she's she really, a, re- she really really does she's very very profoundly beautiful in every way but even during the pregnancy what was going on for the parent parents during mm. the pregnancy what's their genetic expression handed down from their Isn't parents it several like seven generations yes back it goes, yes but, you know there's so much like you talked about the ancestors yeah. there's so much Past involved but this is why it gets complicated because you know with me and myself appointed sherry yeah so i've got my story but it's in my family line on my mum's side to behave that way yeah to be like no i'm not going to take your crap so what's going on so back, 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 back. Back, back all the way back there yeah. it's like it's hard because that's why it's worth doing many different types of work. You're so right. Don't just go and talk. No. Ex- explore. This is the exploration of self. The playground. Oh, it's so exciting. Isn't it? Like, just enjoy the ride as awful as it can get. Yeah. Like, enjoy the, you know. I, I always say, think of your favourite movie times it by a million when you explore yourself it's your favorite movie right. times that by a million if you're willing to really go there but you will have that experience but when you first go there when you first let in and and what's been buried and you let out these really deep emotional experiences yes. it can feel like the world's gonna end yeah and you, you do have to, from it yeah you, and you have to uh, when you say let out i mean i i would i do this thing with um primal screen wonderful so i but i always say to people if you're doing this at home as a meditation do it in your head if you feel like it's not enough get yourself get a pillow bury your head in that pillow and then do the primal scream in the pillow that will remove the energy from the body yeah but you can do it as an imagination as well Mm -hmm. so you literally have to do a particular breath work which activates got so many skills there oh, i just it. love it it's just oh i just love it and you activate deactivate activate and as you activate again you imagine pulling all that tension and stress out of yeah. the body through through your hands as though they're the receptors a bit like reiki and you imagine being somewhere open on your own you imagine screaming it out as loud as you can for as long as you can whatever that pain is whatever that moment is scream it out and if it doesn't do it enough 
get the pillow, scream into the pillow, go into it, and then at the end, write down whatever is left, whatever the remnants are. So powerful. It's so powerful. Because when we let it out, we have to understand what we're going to let out first, and then we let it out physically. It It does. It's like a, it's like a, clog that pine yeah it is to. that like you gotta yeah because suddenly it won't run you anymore yes or not as much you maybe there'll be a few more primal screams that yeah you, you might to need do. to do it 10 times yeah, but often exactly, not exactly and it's it's about just continuing to just keep stepping forward but also and i think we mentioned this earlier is doing it at your speed whilst not procrastinating yeah 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 but all but also and also should i say realizing when you've achieved when when there's been a shift in your behavior yes when you do have more power and say yes because i'm all about the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and what can i open at next and what can i break through next but actually what's there is to appreciate the the shift that's been yes because they can be small shifts they can be small shifts you're right but in life it's the like we talked earlier and i don't know if it's on this or when we pre-talked it's the small moments yeah that are are the big moments Mm those little small moments have you ever looked at a mirror a cracked mirror you know that's got lots of cracks and looked at your reflection in it i've done yeah i i did that once and i remember looking at that mirror and i remember thinking because at the time i felt quite broken and i remember thinking that's actually quite beautiful just as a piece of life someone took a photo of that it's alive it's alive i remember thinking that is actually quite beautiful. But I, I think I was connecting to the brokenness. Yeah. But actually the imagery of it as well. It was just, there was just a moment. with the brokenness. Yes. Yes. Not making it wrong. Just letting it have a voice. Exactly. And when I had that moment, I've never really come back from that. And I and now, like you say, every moment, whatever that moment is, there is some beauty in it. But you said the phrase, and I've got a hypnotherapy session called this, trust the process. Yeah. Just trust the process because Build once you, yeah, yeah, everything you've said today is so in line with how I think and how I teach because I consider therapy to be teaching as well as the practical yeah. elements. Um, and I'm, I'm so glad to hear that you're going into that world more so with the coaching. Yeah, I want, I want, I don't know how it looks, but I know that it's going to, I know Mark's part of it. There's other people I've not mentioned that are part of what I want to want to create people yeah. in the business world that work with business people that do coaching that yeah they want to bring me in you know there's there's so much happening I, I I don't know where it's going and it's not big for the sake of being big it's just whatever's calling me whatever the vision is and maybe I do need to pinpoint a bit more clearly at some stage what that is but but I'm happy with not being there right now I'm yeah. okay with the blank canvas yeah and just taking what resonates yeah and trusting that despite yeah. whether it makes logical sense or not to do because that's where the beauty is that's it really magic. is and and you are before I met you I felt this and you know it's after several hours of talking to you today which has been joyous by the way I've loved it it's it's brilliant. oh you're brilliant and that's what I was about to say like I loved you before I even met you and then today I've been excited with every word you've said Really? You know, even with technical errors, I was like, oh, it doesn't matter. It's going to be fine because I know yeah. that everything that we've said has been recorded one way or another. For the, for those that don't know, we we lost power in our machinery. Yeah. We're suddenly gone, wasn't it? We're it? suddenly gone. And I suddenly stopped and I looked and I was like, because <gasps> we'd said so much, but luckily we've got backups and backups and backups. So it will all come together. But the, the, fundamentally, every moment of today 
has so far been so beautiful. You're so lovely. And I know, I know people listening to this, they'll, they'll dive in and out of this episode. What's great is, you know, when you get a book, Rick Rubin said this, and I know this because, um, one of my other guests spoke about it. Rick Rubin in his book was like, I want you to be able to open. And I wrote my book similarly. I want you to be able to open the book anywhere and, and there'll be a moment. And I think this episode has that. Hopefully. It does. Wherever you listen, whatever point you come in at, you'll, there is a moment. Because hopefully you'll find a piece of yourself. Yeah. In what's being shared. And I wanted to share, and I have to try and remember it now, there's a um, David Wyatt's poem. And I I want to just share a section of it. Which Please. Is, which really just resonates to me so deeply. It's David Wyatt. It's what to remember for, upon waking. And it go, it goes something like, um, you you are not a troubled guest on this earth. You are not an accident admits other accidents you were invited from a larger night than from which the one you just awoke that is so beautiful isn't it it's kind of that this episode you've just been able to say in that in that section of the poetry and I I read that at my grandfather's funeral because it was it was was kind of a funeral but that's a different story but anyway he um he brought that magic so as a child growing up he would have the books on time, you know, and all that stuff. Oh, wow. And and so that came from him. And, and even, it's funny how, like, even sitting here now, this is how my granddad would hold his you know, hand, you know. Wow. And, and it's like, oh, he's here with me, you know. Yes. So we live... We, we, we live on in, in, in our children, our grandchildren, yeah. our great-grandchildren. And we have a responsibility. But also, not only do we have a responsibility because of our ancestors to, to take responsibility for our lives, however that looks for us, yes. in whatever way we can, yeah. but also for our children. Yes. Because if you don't take responsibility for your life, you're going to pass your stuff onto your children. Yeah, you do. And eventually someone's going to have to process this. It's so true. And, and and actually, that's a very painful experience to think that my, my daughter's 16 and there's definitely been mistakes that I made early on, particularly because I mentioned before having a severe germ phobia early on and how that limited right. our experiences and um, even some of my more reactive behaviours at times where I've not been in my best self but I reference this on a lot of episodes and I say it directly to her as well. Like you are so beautiful and so wonderful and you are not a reflection of my negative experiences. You are a reflection of something much bigger and you're so beautiful. I don't mean that physically, although obviously she is, but she doesn't, I I explain to her, you don't, although it will be part of your conditioning, you can take responsibility essentially for, and blending from my negative yeah. you don't have to carry that you don't yeah. have to feel responsible for no. me be responsible for the you fact that you're able to say that to her yeah you know because we look the mere having children we cannot you can't get it right 100% no, you can't get it time. right and actually would you want to because it's part of their development yeah they have to have the dark they have to letting your kids go out into the world it's a scare in the heart and the sleeve out yeah it's like but out in the world it's like yeah you know it's like taking your heart and just watching it go off into yes the world, you know but but at this, the same time, we can we can at least give them a secure attachment. Absolutely, you, you know what I mean. Yeah, a, an attachment style. But and also and also, if we're being responsible for ourselves, and also it's about when I make a mistake, I would say sorry. Yes, sorry, Rivers. I'm so sorry. Yeah, Mummy was having a bad moment. Or, yeah, you know, if you're trying to do the dinner and it's Mummy, 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 yeah, mommy, about sort of sort of thirty minutes in, I'm like, oh. 
rivers what do you want yes you know because i'm trying and i'm trying to keep my balance yeah so much is going on so much is going on and then i'll go rivers i'm so sorry and but i'll say can you try and see that mummy's trying to prepare food and it's not about you but just bear with mummy a little bit and i'm sorry i got a bit snappy there you know and i think it's acknowledging their experience yeah because he will then not have to abandon he won't abandon so what i love about rivers is he just doesn't take that much very personally because he's yeah. got a secure sense of self. self yes. Because when I make a mistake or I do something wrong, no matter what it is, I will come back and say, that was me, that wasn't. It, it, that's yeah. all you have to give them. That's all you have to give them. And I'm also, really I, I find the other thing with everyone, not just with your kids, is when they say something, because, you know, as they get older, you you know, your child might say to you, well, you know, you don't listen, which has been said yeah, to me, oh, by the way. Think, yeah. yeah, I've been said. Or but, my expert, Rivers, what does he say to me? But that's my experience, mummy. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that he says that is brilliant. Yeah, but, but, then, when... but, then, but then it's like, oh, yeah. you're working it. <laughs> yeah. You know what you're doing. Yeah, um, when, you're t- when your child says to you, you don't listen, if you, if you hurt when they say that, that's good. Yeah. Because, you know, you, you recognize you can't feel something if yeah. it's not true. And it's at that point saying to them, you're right. You're right. You're right, mummy made a mistake. Yeah. Daddy was having a bad day. Yeah. You know, one of the examples I, I like to give is um with Rivers, he left school and he was upset and I was like, Well look, what's wrong? And he said, Well, mummy, the teacher got really cross with me because I was trying to let her know that you were here and she was talking to another teacher and so I was trying to and she told me off and I feel so what I did is you mirror back and you go right oh my goodness and you were just trying to let her know he was about seven or eight you were just, just reflective you were listening yeah oh and I bet that felt like this and uh, and then once he's felt hey, yes mummy yes mummy like yeah. uh, you know and then and then and then you go well once he's it's landed for him yes then you go well I can imagine because they called each other by their first names Louise or whoever it was you know um whoever the teacher was at the time it's like well she probably was in the middle of quite an important conversation and she didn't really register what you were doing. Rivers. Yes. Yes. And so, cause she didn't register, she responded that way and it's not really about you, but he can hear it once he's been mirrored. You're right. That reflective listening ability allows him to go, Oh, okay. Now I've been heard. I'm open yeah. to the logic that I can't apply myself. Yes, exactly. And it yeah. teaches him how to process his own experiences. Yes. And so he really understands, it's not that things don't bother him, he just doesn't make it mean much about him, which is great. That's really, I mean, how old is he? He's nine. That's he's really cool. Like that. And he has a very good read on people. He's like, oh, mommy, sometimes people are smiling, but I know they're sad. You know, he, he's very, he's, but that's because he's come from an environment where we really have worked hard. Yeah. We've got it perfect. Yeah. But it's the good enough, good enough. Parent. Yes, yes. And it's be you cannot be perfect. In fact, trying to be perfect will ruin them. Yeah. Because they need boundaries. Um, who is it? Kalaris. I can't remember her name. Psychologist. Um, she worked with Gavin Marty. She did like a an event with him, and she was saying about the importance of push and pull, and them knowing there's limits. Yes. Knowing that when they're cli- when you're climbing up a mountain, you need to be able to pull, feel the pull of them. Yeah. The right yeah. and know that you're safe yeah and not say to your things to your kids that are not really going to happen like we're not going to disney world because you didn't tidy your room yes they know that's rubbish yeah you're right give them real consequences so it yeah. isn't about not 
it's it's about explaining as well why is this important yeah why no you need to have a bath rivers because if you don't you're gonna end up dirty and no one's yeah. smelling and yeah it's not gonna you're not gonna feel good yeah as an example you know yeah whereas when the babies were like oh there there you don't like the water you're mirroring yeah there comes an age where we just stop mirroring you know it's the separation and the unblending the unblending and then you've got a child whose best friend's leaving school and all the parents are saying well don't worry you'll make new friends and no no be with their experience let them worry for let a minute them worry go oh, my, oh that must feel awful yeah i can you know and let them talk through their feelings yeah. and fears and, and say oh, i would feel the same yes yes you can only get to resolution when when your experience has been res- resonated with them yeah 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 you're right and, and we don't always and as you you've sort of said in so many ways whether it's through listening to a podcast or through art or through music you often don't see yourself until someone mirrors that in some way and that's the job of the parent that's the job of the parent and as you said the brain doesn't fully develop till what 21 earliest really Sean and I always say we just got to stay alive till 25 25. (laughs) yeah that's really clever we just we both got to stay alive till he's 25 yeah at least yeah no it's so it's true Mm-hmm. And and actually giving him the skill set to be able to read people, to be able to read himself, he he can't go wrong. And I always say to all children that I work with, because I work with quite a lot of young people, is just do your best. Just do your best, and we that will well change, that. yeah, day by day. But just do your best do in your that best moment. In the moment, and it's not about what. One thing I, I appreciate you may have done this. Lots of people do. It. I don't understand it. I get it for back in the day. I don't understand it now. Is I have a I have a little bit of a beef about people calling their kids good boy or good girl. Yeah, I, and I've seen some very spiritual people, you know, well, in the online forum, call their kids that, and I don't yeah. understand it because to call them good or bad is to is to facilitate the idea that they they could be either or. Yes, like talk about their behavior your yeah. behavior be specific yes yeah, speci- that behavior was really not very good rivers yeah yeah but not you fundamentally yeah i remember once i said to rivers i look cuz you know you're not always going to get it right and i was annoyed with him and i went i just said oh rivers you're so selfish oh the oh, label oh did he i mean he just lost it he yeah. just absolutely and i was like what's wrong cuz you know i'd grown up being you know yeah. that was all the norm and I went in and he went, you called me selfish. And I was like, Rivers, I'm so sorry. No, you, you're the behavior. I'm so sorry. That was, yeah. he was just angry in the moment. Yeah. And then he calmed down and he was like, look, this, this wasn't about you. This was about mummy having a moment. Mm. No, you're not a selfish mm. person. You're mm. fantastic. Mm. And there's lots that we love about you. I think we've all done that. Yeah. Like you say, it's the understanding of, because I've certainly used that you are and then come out of it and said because you're not perfect that well none of us are and and I have then said you're right because she might say you don't listen or whatever and I'll say you're right like that's a fair point you are valid to feel that right and that in itself means she doesn't have to self I'm not saying she doesn't self-abandon because again I think there is a part of the the human that does that anyway right but Degrees. degrees of it but it's about letting her know that and maybe again I've got to say this because I think this is quite an important thing to say sometimes we might do that too much you know yeah because then we can go the other way and they're like oh well I'm not responsible it's everybody else because the parent's gone it's not your fault it's me because you feel so guilty about everything you do that's a really fine balance yeah that and that's where boundaries are still really important they are yeah 
this you know is it's trying not to come from reaction yeah but explaining look no this in this needs, whatever you're doing needs to stop right now yes for these reasons yes and we have let you know so why are you still doing it yeah so i'm not saying he gets away but it's easy to fall down that path where you're the molly coddling and then they don't feel safe yeah you're right the world isn't a safe place yeah mummy's wrapped me up in cotton, cotton wool. wool yeah it's the push pull thing the that I do know the lady you've because I've seen her Jennifer speak. Claris. Yes, she that that and obviously Gabor Mate talks a lot about the Molly Coddling. Don't oh, yeah. isn't he phenomenal? But I loved his podcast with Stephen Bartlett. I didn't listen yeah. to it all, but the sections I saw where he admitted to you should listen to that one because he admitted that you know when something happened to him, he, he references the Prince Harry interview where he got slated for it. And I think Stephen Bartlett basically asks him how he dealt with that. Did he help? You know, did he deal with it well? And he admits, no, I didn't. You know, I am it's human. Right. Yeah, and I love that about him that he's so profound, but he's also very human. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I think it's, I think having people like that that are able to admit their humanity yes. is really important because yeah. we get such a society now is is such a filtered view of of and we don't get the behind the scenes and the hard work no. and the challenges no but yeah, and it's like things should be just so yeah and, and it, i th- i think it can make people feel more isolated and separated. It, it definitely does especially because obviously you and i have spent a long time in the, this world where we've studied and yeah (laughs) we've been here a while and we've definitely explored the parts of the humanness that maybe some people just haven't ever been interested in but when you become interested in it you can realize that the filter really is quite dangerous for those that you know you you, you, if you don't know that it's not perfect out there and you you, actually you are the same as everybody else then that is very scary place to be isn't it it is look you we're lucky to be here. It's incredible that each of us gets to live and we are, each individual is incredible, but no more so than anyone else. That's that, so that's true. We are all, we are all equal. And I know that's a bit cheeseful, but we are. That no, that, that's society. society and, and that's the, the construct. Of the world. I mean, look, human being is messy. It is. Messy. <laughs> like as, I mean, when you really think about, and also when you think about the people without getting into politics, running the country and all of those things, it's like, usually that's i would suggest possibly trauma-based actually yeah you've got these messy human beings living out their idea of healing themselves in an unconscious way on on the general public that's exactly what it is which is what it is and and the messes that that causes on our behalf yeah you're right astonishing and and what i guess you see on the positive side with social media is is the standing up yes is 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 the collective ability to yeah. stand up and go no? But have you noticed when someone stands up, people come for them? Oh, always. That's the messiness again. That's the messiness. Here's someone trying to do the standing up and the you know the fairness in the community, and there's someone else going, I don't like the way you do that. But Brenny Brown talks about it. If you're not in the arena, I'm not interested. Yes. Like, you know. Yeah. If you're on the sidelines watching, get in the arena. With yeah. Me. Yeah. That's the sort of thing you have to block out. Yeah, you you're know? right. Because you've interviewed a lot of different people and I've listened and the more well-known you get, the more you're going to get strangeness. Yeah. So I've had yeah. strangeness, the more my social media yeah. grows. Yeah. Some of the, sometimes, most people are great, but sometimes you get comments and you're like... Oh yeah, I've had it more so on TikTok than Instagram. Oh, TikTok's wild west of social I, media. I haven't, <laughs> got, I haven't got a big TikTok, it has no, to be no, said. No, There's don't. a reason for that. I'm bothered. Exactly. I'll, I'll watch. I don't get involved. No, because it's so messy. It's. It, I don't. I don't understand. But it's interesting the different energies of different platforms. Instagram for me has been brilliant, and I get yeah. very little negative sometimes, but very little toxic 
TikTok is what I call it. Yeah. Because as soon as I put anything on there, People wow. Are. I have to delete a lot of comments. Because what I've noticed as well with TikTok, if you've got a few negative comments it attracts other people who think Does they've it? got the right oh. so i just delete them and then it stops the importing of negative really comments it, people like putting your energy there's such a pain to have to do in the first place yeah i i don't i mean i think the reason it doesn't grow is because i don't yet don't. know how to manage the toxicity of it once i've got that i think it might it, just end up being not looking at it because i don't think yeah you can avoid, i think if you're i think what you need to probably face is the fact that tiktok is what it is yes and if you're going to go on it you're going to have to let go of trying to manage all no of you're, you're probably right there actually just yeah go managing it just leave the messages yeah don't get involved in it yeah like, just let the message because tiktok likes that it likes you to have as much um yeah, interaction yeah, as possible it's just don't look at it, it doesn't yeah. matter yeah like you know it's um when you when you think about the magic of being alive and what's possible for us and the myriad of things you could get involved in is someone sitting there on their phone yeah making negative comments it's a strange thing is like it, you say you know what's going on in their lives yeah that well they that, get seen focus they get seen it's the way of getting seen it's yes. the way of getting seen I said this to Christina. It's the lowest the common denominator, yeah. though, because it's anything to get seen. Seen, yeah. But how much pain has someone got to be in that that's so the only way they There's can get seen? There's people that have actually gone and messaged people back that have been rude, and they've ended up in really nice... I had one guy really rude to me once. I can't remember the details of it. It was just really shockingly horrible about my work. And I ended up just... I don't tend to, but and it doesn't happen very often, but I ended up engaging with them and exploring it with them and I did um restrict their account yeah and all of that stuff because it I wanted to create that boundary and that also yeah. you can make it so that people can't see your stories if you want that's to right as well and, and they will never know but what it got came down to was that he was a failed artist and that's that's, that's where you, it came from the pain that's yeah and when you when you can really get that someone else's anger is nothing to do with you and it's their pain the freedom it creates in you. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you don't set a boundary. No, you're right. But it is about freedom. That's what you said earlier. Yeah. Everything that you do is about letting people see their own freedom, find their yeah. own freedom. When, when you can really get as an experience, not as a nice idea, because as we said, nice ideas, we all know that, you know, time doesn't really exist in the way we think it yeah. does. Maybe we're all one consciousness experiencing ourselves subjectively. Wonderful. But, you know, if you can't experience these things, it means nothing. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't mean a damn thing. Yeah. It's the experience and that's doing the work and on that note with all the work that's coming up for you would you say that and it's not really a, a matter of age but would you say that at this point in your life that middle point if you like yeah. would you say that you are starting to feel more in touch with yourself knowing that the work that you're doing is getting closer and closer to I, I guess more it, it's connection again, isn't it? It's that you're creating more connection with the art. You're creating more connection with the coaching. Do you feel better about yourself being able to do that? I feel more at home in myself than I've probably felt in a, ever, and and that is down to just continuously facing myself. Really, that's the answer. And there is no end. You know, I'm going to have moments. What I what I find is, because I don't get the anxiety anymore, because of the, the layers I've gone through, if I get an inkling of anxiety, I could be in the middle of making a cup of tea mm. or changing the radio station or writing some notes before I go to the studio mm. or dusting down the table and I'm going to, and I'll get this ping of anxiety. And what I'll do now is go, oh, 
That's like the iceberg. That's the top layer there. Yeah. Let's be with that experience a minute. I'll just stop what I'm doing. Suddenly I'll move into the sadness. Yeah. Which is underneath. And I detach the thought from the sadness now. Yeah. And it just moves through me. And then it's, and then it's, it's gone. It's gone. And that's all there is to do is move the energy through. Yes. But, but before I wasn't connecting with the sadness that I was feeling and I just had the anxiety and that's all I had. This is the part, this is the IFS theory for people that want to look into IFS theory. It's internal family systems and everything you've just said is is what drew me to internal family systems because it it's so much about that. Yes. Noticing the parts creating the characters actually so it's easier to understand them yes and create space for create them. space for them compassionate inquiry, compassionate inquiry which is the whole gabor mate thing yes, as well he uses love. that i mean and it, and it really is about compassionate inquiry yeah and it's not easy and it's not it's not it's active it's active it's, yeah you're not there and and it's and don't don't mistake it for tolerate tolerating yes experience yeah it is just like like inquiry exploration curiosity whatever you want to call it but be compassionate with that yeah and then you will unlock the 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 next, the, the next level and then it leads down to the, the and then and then eventually one might experience if only briefly the oneness of it all yes you know the and it will be nothing. brief moments brief moments but you're but what you do is it's a bit like a fish walking up on land you know yeah. we came up on land you slowly come up more and more on land. You you know, you've pulled the fish out of the water. You've shown it. You can't not know. You can never unknow. Yes, that's so the true. Off, you can't yeah, unknow. yeah. You pick the pill in the matrix. You can't unknow. Yeah. And, and, and it's, then it's the job of just those peak experiences, which is wonderful. But then doing the daily work so that it, so that it integrates into your life and you're coming from somewhere else rather than from the story to the story. Yeah. Well, I just want to thank you massively for being a part of my matrix today. Thank where you. Where the reality that I've been living it's been, in. It's been beautiful. It's been such a beautiful, inspiring, motivational, colourful, gorgeous experience. Really? I wonder if I make any sense when I'm speaking, so this is good. Well, to me, you do. Is it, do, I, do I? To, to me, everything you say just hits the spot. It just hits the spot. And I know that... I've, I said to you at the beginning of uh, when we started to record or just before I was advised once to do short episodes because this is a long one. This is a long one, but they all are Yeah. because I are. just don't feel that you can get the person, no, the story, the in connection that. in a very short space. And it's not about getting short, sharp information and viewing figures for me. It's about connection. It is. It's a storytelling podcast. Which is why I wanted to come yeah. on this. Because we're all shining our, our individual lights. And that's all we can do yeah. is in the darkness, shine our individual lights yes. into the world. And the right people will find it's you. It's paying it forward. It's paying it forward. Paying it forward. I want to say really briefly, because I said I would, on the way here, I was in the taxi from London. And I was talking to this guy and he was asking me what I was doing today. And I was telling him and he said... He told me he ended up telling me a story about this woman who picked up and she'd got him to drop her off at some Putney Bridge, whatever it was. She was going to jump off the bridge, and he got out the taxi and he went, "Look, if you're going to jump off the bridge, then you need to pay your five pound fifty fare, right?" And he did that to snap her out of it because she was so shocked, she was so taken aback, right, that he had time to grab her. And so he grabbed her and he took her home. He spent four or five hours with her. He then rang her work the next day, he got his, her work details and he informed them what was going on. And and that 
that's what this is all about in a way we're all in this together we're all walking each other home like we are more similar look we there are fundamental differences in, in human beings and culturally as well you know it's got to be respected yeah. but there is a fundamental experience of being human that we all share yes and we're all in it together and I wanted to share that story because it was so powerful he saved that person's life and this story came to me on the way here so oh wow you know it fitted <laughs> so well and it just came up now to say uh you know and it, it, it we're, we're all in this together oh my gosh I mean Carly to, I've never felt so much emotion finishing a podcast. <laughs> I feel just overcome right now. It's just so, again, everything about you is so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you to the taxi driver that told you that. It's not, but it's not even me. It's life coming through. Yeah, you're it's right. The, you know, life wanted that message to come out to people for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah. And it's come through me today. It's not yeah. about me. We're, we're, you know, it's it's not about you. It's about being open and available yeah. and life. Yeah, and and uh, to finish, that's a really good closing point. There's a book, very simple book actually, based on I think it's South American um, wisdom, and it's called The Four Agreements. I've read that book. So you know yeah, what I'm yeah, about know, to say: yeah. nothing is ever personal, good no, or bad. And that's exactly what you've just said. It might feel that way. Yeah, and if it feels that way. Don't make yourself wrong for feeling that way. Correct. Feel into the experience. Feel into the experience and read the books. Yeah, read, read the, the books. books. <laughs> but the, re- the books will only get you so far. It might even make you feel separated more at some stage. Yeah. Part of the reading. And that's a sign when you start to feel that separation from reading beautiful books that yeah. should be bringing you forward. Yeah. To take take the next step and do some do work. work. And and actually, I always say a book's like a bus ticket. It's just part of the journey. Yeah. You got to do the rest. You have got to do, do the walking after the it's bus an journey. Indication. Like this conversation, it's it's directions. It's directions. Yeah. 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 You are right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here today. It's a pleasure. It's a real privilege and a pleasure. <laughs> it's really hard to let in compliments, isn't it? Thank it you is. So much. We're just complimenting each other. We'll, we'll not end. So we're like, no, thank you. No, thank you. If we're like the Chuckle Brothers, no, you. No, me. No, you. Thank you, honestly. Thank you, Bambi. Oh, oh wow. <laughs>